Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, as always, I am here with the main man, Mr. Krista Grew. I am the main man. Hello, everyone. Yes, he is. So, so, so modest. What we are here to do is to talk about Blur and Park Life. Yes, we are. Right. If anyone has listened to our episodes before, um, anytime we've mentioned Blur, I've usually been like, oh, I, I'm a, like some Blur songs. And Dave has usually gone into some sort of silent, seething rage. Because you have a, a real kind of a big thing about Blur. Um, strictly speaking, I don't okay. about Blur. I do, I do to a degree, but it's not really Blur that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like Damon Albarn. Right. I really don't like Damon Albarn. Right. Uh, I don't like Damon Albarn on an ideological level, and mm-hmm. I don't like Damon Albarn on a musical level. I don't think that's to say that he that he's not produced some good songs. There mm-hmm. are things that he has done that I like, but I do it through uh, a seething wall of resentment. Sure, okay. I'm I'm as always going to go into this album with as much of an open mind as possible. I, you know, yep. I, I I didn't particularly care for Suede and I quite enjoyed that Suede record. Oh, of course. Right? Yes, no, that was a nice surprise for us both. I didn't think you'd like that one bit. No, but the truth of the matter is there are, there are uh, particularly this era of Blur, mm-hmm. there are very, very few things that I uh, find quite as musically objectionable. And I'm well aware I'm going to be at odds with a lot of our listeners on no, this. Sure. I know, uh, you know, we've got the feedback from Twitter. I, I know... This is an album that means an awful lot to a lot of people. Yeah, we will mm. we will see if if that gets through to me, or if I just have to explain to people for a long amount of time why they're wrong. Okay, um, uh, and whenever you say that, like th- you, this is one particular era that of, of Blur or Damon that you have particular issues with. Yeah, in my head, I imagine that you weren't really particularly aware of Blur as a big thing before this. You probably had seen their name and stuff. You heard the big singles, no, exactly. but. This was whenever Blur went massive, you know. Yeah. This is when they blew up and went worldwide, and so I imagine this is again when you would. Have uh, been oh yeah, it wasn't big it, exposure. It wasn't that I was like, oh, I've got an opinion on Blur, and oh, oh right, oh no, this is something different, and now mm-hmm. that opinion has changed. I very much became aware of this record through uh, through this record, through the people that liked this record, mm-hmm. through this record being fairly ubiquitous. You know, because oh, obviously this is this is the vanguard of. Of of Britpop, isn't yes. it? Really, we're not yeah. we're not quite in the in the full throes of it until next year, really. When sure, it becomes, but, the, but if you are an indie, if you're in, I mean, I was never really an indie music fan. But I was mm-hmm. an alternative music mm-hmm. fan in a regional club where those two things went hand in hand. Yeah. You know, you you were aware of how big this was going to be because people didn't just like this. Mm. This was their whole fucking personality. Oh, absolutely. People, you know, changed the way they dress because yeah. of. Uh, 
the videos that were on this or um, the styles that um, the, you know Blur were representing, and it was. It, it was it was a real landmark record. Yeah, it it, it, it hit people in a certain way, um, and it you know it very much kind of made people feel a certain way about stuff. Mm. It very much made me feel a certain <laughs> way about stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know it, it, you know this isn't some affectation. This is uh, you know. I, because sometimes it's quite funny to have a bit of shtick, isn't oh, it? Oh, totally, right? yeah. You, you do a bit of hyperbole. Yeah, and, I, I, and I've tried to re-examine my feelings about all okay. of this, right? Okay, we'll see. Well, just a little bit of kind of background on, on the way this came through. It, it was released in May of 1994, and it was number one for one week. So yeah. it was only a, a one-week number one, but it stayed around for ages and ages because... Um, once the hype started, mm-hmm. once um, people had heard it, and they, you know, single after single after single, um, it, it just kept on going until it was in the top 40, or for, top 40, I think, for 90 weeks yeah. straight after release. Um, it went four times platinum. It's their biggest selling uh, studio album mm-hmm. by quite a long way. It sold 27,000 in its first week in the UK. Yeah. So, you know, there was a really big hype about it. And the thing is, they had been away for a little while. Not ages like they they put out their first album Leisure in 1991, uh-huh. and they put out Modern Life is Rubbish in 1993, uh, and it was the one that fell quite flat and people didn't really buy it. Yeah. But it was where they started with the kind of the very English uh, thing and writing songs about being British and you know the lifestyles etc. Yeah. And so this was following on from that. Modern Life is Rubbish didn't quite hit with people. This one did. Yeah. And so it was a continuation. Um, they'd been away for a year or so and. In that time, enough had happened. We'd, we'd had Swades, um, and people you know, yeah. put that as the start of Britpop. And you kind of have um, Pulp uh, with his and hers, so that's what, that's coming through. There are bits and pieces where uh, there's there's kind of the very beginnings of this scene. Yeah. I mean, Oasis have got like singles out at this point. As well, they, I mean, they, they? they had one. They've only got one single out of this. Cigarettes point. and alcohol. No, no, no. Uh, Supersonic that? was oh, the okay. first one. So Supersonic had come out, but the album hadn't come out, and nothing else had by this point. But there was talk about them in the press. Yeah. You know, big talk. Um, and so there was these seeds of the scene were starting. And so for it was absolutely right before Blur to come uh, through with an album that fitted very nicely into that niche and sort of take off from there. It was, you know, it, it was a, a big jump start for them. Sure. I loved Leisure when it came out. Yeah. I loved that baggy sound of Blur. And so for me, whenever they uh, stopped doing that, you know me, I don't like change. I, if if I a do. band is doing something well, I'm like, do that again. Mm-hmm. Write, different, write different songs that sound like those and I'll be happy. So whenever they came out with Modern Life is Rubbish, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't the same. And uh, but yeah, there's some of it. For Tomorrow was all right. I didn't like Pop Scene, which was the mm. single between the two albums. And I was like, okay, maybe Blur aren't my band anymore. And so whenever Modern Life is Rubbish came out, I was like, maybe this is now not my thing. Fine, yeah. I'll let this one go. And then whenever Park Life came out and it was more of that, mm-hmm. again, I was just going, all right, I don't know if this is for me at all. Sure. I had to know it to an extent, because I was, by this point, DJing in a lot of indie clubs. Yeah. And so every single that came out was was big. Um, I had to know all the stuff. And I was getting people asking for album tracks off this album, you know, from, yeah, yeah, almost yeah. straight away. And so I had a, 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 a knowledge of it to an extent. Uh-huh. I don't think I ever owned it at the time. Okay. Um, I know that other people I was DJing with had it and so if someone said oh can you play this album track I'd be like oh yeah such and such is going to do that in his set so this wasn't a big record for you it wasn't no no I understood how important it was because it was massive oh yeah but no it wasn't a big record for me okay and I've not listened to it at all in the interim in, okay. you know in full I mean I clearly I've, I, I've never heard 
this whole record from start to finish. Sure. But at the same time, I was in enough pubs, you know, the cock in Luton, mm. you know, they had this album on. That's a pub, by the way. It's yeah. not just some bloke. Yeah, yeah, not just, yeah, not just a, a cock. Uh, yeah, they had this on the jukebox, and, and there, were, there were people that would just sit and put the whole album on. Right, sure. So yeah. I have, I mean, I have heard this it, album. It'll have been in the, I, at various places. Yeah, I, I would have left the pub while that was happening. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Okay, well, let's have a look at the album cover. And I have a copy of it here because this is in every single charity shop in the world. So I picked this up for like 50p. And it is a very, very iconic cover. Yeah. You know, I it's mean, the two I, greyhounds. I, I quite like it. It's a couple of nice greyhound lads, isn't it? <laughs> you do like a, a good looking dog. I yes, like a good looking dog, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, what it represents, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the working class lads going to the dog well, track. Indeed, that's very much. Uh, here, here we start to have the fucking problems with. You know, I, this kind of cartoon image of the working class as this fucking lovely, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? This kind yeah. of cu- cuddly faux cartoon, this patronising. It, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like the cool runnings of working class people, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> right. The, the Disneyfication, uh-huh. you know. The idea that Damon Albarn is a working class lad mm-hmm is so incredibly fallacious. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, oh, you're, you're a working class lad, and, and where, where did you write these songs? Oh, in art school. Yeah. Okay, brilliant, mate. Okay, you, things must have been really, really hard. If uh, the, uh, the day I turned 18, my mum said to me, it's get a job or art school. Or what at art school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm, obviously I'm not making light of, you know, obviously working class people find their way into art school and things sure. along those lines. What my my issue, and we'll hear more of this, is that Damon Albarn is a cultural appropriator. He's a, he's a tourist. He's someone mm-hmm. that likes to present himself as a working class person with this kind of very idealised version of it um, that is disingenuous and offensive. <laughs> right, okay. And yep. Many, many people don't find don't see it that way. I always have. Of course. And I suppose you you do have to wonder or at least posit that the affectation that he's putting on as a working class person for this album especially was it a character? Was it okay, I want to do this because um this is these are the stories I want to tell um and so is it a character or is he actually trying to pretend that that's what he is? Look man, like Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins mm. was a character. Mm. It doesn't mean that wasn't fucking quite offensive. <laughs> Indeed. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. like you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand the separate. You know, I, I you know, I, I know Madonna wasn't pregnant during Papa Don't Preach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the separation of art, but it was the entire presentation at the time. You know, mm-hmm. and you notice, you notice that 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 he's dialed all of that back in later years. Oh, sure. Anyway, it is, it is what it is, right? I, sure. But it, back to the cover. I think it's, uh, I think it's a decent cover. I think because of how big it is. There is no separation of uh, you don't. You, there's no one who doesn't know what it is. No. You're like, oh yeah, Park Life, and it's it's an iconic, iconic yeah. image. It's you know huge in the the just like the culture of the nineties. Yeah, if you so, look at that picture in your head, it goes. Dink, dink, dink. Oh sure, dink, dink. you know yeah. what I mean? It does. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, student walls. Oh, across absolutely. the nineties. Absolutely. Uh, you know, attra- attractive women that you love to sleep with but couldn't because you knew you'd have to listen to their music <laughs> I see. Uh, that's why we didn't sleep with those women oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, that, that, right. that, that's exactly now i remember yeah okay right well shall we get into it then yeah yeah well shall we here we go okay so first song number one and this was the first single 
Yes, it was. March 1994. Got to number five, their highest chart placing yeah. to date. It's called Girls and Boys. This is Girls and Boys, yes. And this, I remember this coming out. Yeah. And I was baffled. I thought it was a joke. Mate, it's a fucking, it, look, it's, it's, it's a novelty record. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. It's like this song. I and I, I I just set my stall out immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hate this song with a fucking passion. Oh, a right, burning, okay. searing Straight white range. Uh-huh. I loathe this song. Right, it's one of my most hated songs. Right, listen to this fucking voice. Yeah. Right, but, but even if I separate my dislike of Damon Orton, this is a novelty record. Oh, totally. I I genuinely thought it was them taking the piss. I didn't think that this was the. I, I probably heard it on Radio One. It was on the evening session or something. Oh, this is the new yeah. single by Blur. I was like, no, nah, it's not. On. This is not the new Mate, single I'd by Blur. I'd rather listen to Star Trekking by the Firm. Yeah. I look, vocally, just I I I, I just hate this vocal mm-hmm. so much all of the affectations in it like these kind of forced flat notes this uh, laugh nah. I mean this uh-huh. fucking uh, it's like EastEnders cosplay isn't it it's like you know it just and smug it's so smug okay alright endingly irredeemably fucking smug it's just like feel you know it's it's just it's like having a a conversation with some coked up posh bloke at a party mm-hmm. as he as he tells you how everything's the same for him and just fucking talks down his tone right head. I just I, no no I can tell that for, you for me Damon yep. Albarn this is the thing that I find antithetical mm-hmm. about the whole um, uh, Britpop movement mm-hmm. right for me like the highlight of Britpop is pulp mm-hmm. right and to me, Damon Albarn is and always will be the girl from Common People. Oh, I see. Okay, right. right yeah, yeah. And, and there, there we go. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't get this song. I find. I find it infuriating. I find the I, I, vocal terrible. The fucking music terrible. I don't like it at all. Right. No. Fair enough. I don't. I didn't like it at the time. Yeah. Um. Like I say, I. It is. It's extremely cheesy. And the thing is, I know it is supposed to be kind of a pastiche and a bit of a parody of those shit songs you hear yeah. in Ibiza. You, you go out and it's just lads' holidays. Yeah. And it's supposed to sound like one of those really bad songs. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, it's to me, it's become one of those really bad songs. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's enough uh, separation. It is just, oh, you're, you've gone uh, on a journey to try and uh, sort of cock a snook at something and you've accidentally become it. Absolutely, yeah. If your if your if your way of parodying Agadu mm. is to write Agadu, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, the, um, first of all, Spitting Image already did it with the well, chicken. True song. enough. Yeah. Um, I, I get it. You know, it's uh, but it, it's it, it's not got enough to say to justify creating something this offensive. It's, right. Yes. It's, yeah, Oppenheimer again, isn't it? Really. I'm <laughs> going this to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Well, they had they had a they had a small little fucking point to prove, so uh-huh. they made this. <laughs> right? No way, man. And I, I also, I um I am entirely prepared to uh, give Blur or Damon the uh, the leeway to write these songs about because he he's seeing this stuff. He's got he went to Magaluf or something and mm. he saw this all happening, and so he's like, oh yeah, this this is you know. 
I mean, I think as well, there's a lot of it going, isn't it such a shame that, you know, people, working class people, all they can do uh, if they want a nice holiday, they can't afford to go on a fucking, you know, interesting cruise. Mm-hmm. They have to do these package holidays. And this is what it comes down to. It's like drinking, trying to get a fuck, um, and dancing to shit music and discos. And so I, I can see that he's writing a song about that. And to, to tie it into that, he's made it sound like one of those songs. Um, but... I, it's it's not clever enough. It's not funny enough mm-hmm. um, uh, to to withstand the fact that it's just not very good. And is a bit. I find it very very annoying. Yeah. Like intensely annoying. Um, I think it's a. I genuinely think it's a brave move of them to put this out as the first single because if you're coming off the back of Modern Life is Rubbish, where you've got Chemical World and For Tomorrow and these kind of stuff that we will see very similar things in other songs on this album. To come in with this one, I think that is a brave move. Um, I think it could have backfired badly and it didn't. For some reason, everyone went, oh, lols, this is brilliant. And this this is the thing, I I felt the whole time, because I heard this song a lot, because you couldn't mm-hmm. avoid oh, the song. You know, you know you, if you were the person that didn't like this song, you had very much lost the argument. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You like Society had spoken, but you know it, it had very much that whole... Every time I heard it, and, you know, you know, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm right over loads of other people. I'm, I'm glad that people kind of get something out mm. of it or whatever, sure. but... You know, it, it was very much that Emperor's New Clothes feeling every time it was on. I was like, I was, like you, yeah. I, I, I just, yeah. I, I was made. I was angry by this song thirty years ago, yeah. and I'm still, I'm still angry about it now. Yeah. And, and you know, you may be able to say, get some perspective, dickhead, and grow up. But <laughs> right. It's just such an irritating song, and the, 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 like with the whole kind of resurgence of them and these Wembley Stadium gigs and how revered they are and this idea of the place that they've taken in pop culture mm-hmm. it, it just it just makes me very very annoyed at the world okay because you, you're not denying their place in pop culture is the thing because they are huge well no because that's the nature of pop culture the, yeah. the, the populace decides it yeah um, whether you know whether they deserve it or not mm-hmm. is another matter but right. anyway again not for me to decide but no. you, you, need, you need your outliers to and and uh and people that uh you know hold a, a dissenting opinion well they are um i did read a good few articles and stuff about this where people were saying that uh the baseline especially was a little bit duran duran yeah i mean i mean there's the elements of that that like, you can see you know for its time Maybe Duran Duran were, were doing some things like that, but yeah, but you know, I mean, you know Duran, Duran Duran were just you know kind of the next evolution of you know what you know kind of uh, it was new romantic meeting pop. Yeah, but you know they were just continuing what kind of Nile Rodgers chic and things like that. You know, you draw that mm-hmm, line from sure. like Cameo and all of that stuff into oh, there. Yeah, that, those kind know, of big those, big funk. Yeah, yeah, and you know, one of the great strengths of Duran Duran was the, the bass playing and the right, sure. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of discoy thing, but. Out of everyone in Blur, the person I dislike the second most is the bass player. <laughs> Cheeky making cunt, yeah. right? Because <laughs> he's a cunt yeah. as well. Um, I mean, you can... You mentioned Spitting Image, right? Yeah. And to me, this is like a Spitting Image song. If yeah. they had said, oh, do an updated version of the Chicken Song, mm-hmm. something that, you know, the 19-year-olds from Essex are dancing to in, you know, Benidorm. Yeah. This is the sort of thing they would have got. Like, girls who love boys, who love boys, who love girls. That's the sort of thing it would come up yeah. with. I think I mean, this is the thing. I, like, one of my least favourite things in comedy 
is someone that thinks they're doing going out and doing something really kind of clever mm-hmm. and, and are very full of themselves and the smugness of how, how clever this thing that they're doing is. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ultimately, this isn't funny. Right. What you're doing you is not it's it's not as clever as you think it is, and it's not as funny as you There's think no it is. And therefore, what you're doing is entertaining your own ego and wasting everyone's fucking time, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel very much the same way about this song, because it's, like, it's right. not as clever as it thinks it is. It's a terrible piece of music, mm. um, and therefore it functions on no level. But, 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 but apparently but we're the, wrong. But the world disagrees with me. Yeah, yeah, it got, yeah, exactly. Number five single, and I was having to play this in the indie clubs I was doing. Yeah. I was having to play it at the student nights, you know, the big sports society ones. This was just a huge, huge dance floor filling. And, and the interesting thing is that like, we've done albums that are much bigger than this, mm-hmm. that we've slated. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about bits and pieces of Phil Collins records, which sold infinitely more copies sure. than, than this ever did. Elton John, yeah. Um, and I'm able to talk about those with a level of detachment because right. the thing about this is this is, in theory, my world. Well, it's, it's adjacent, at least. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's one of those things that it kind of makes you feel lonely a little bit because one, you know, one of my favourite things about uh, musical tribalism, if you mm-hmm. want to describe it that, for the better or worse, is always... You know, I've met I've met most of my best friends through musical uh-huh, sure. all of my best friends probably, you yeah. know, and not in a gatekeeper way, but that thing of like kind of liking the same things and understanding implicitly what you like about it, mm-hmm. that's always been quite important. And this is a, a, like a thing to me where loads of people that I know really do like this, and it just mm-hmm. makes me feel quite. Yeah. I don't, anyway, I don't, and yeah, I mean, I'm someone who happily admits to liking an awful lot of Britpop music. Yeah. But this album never did it for me. Okay, but yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Okay, so let's let's do. Try, that's you know what I would describe as the the very pinnacle of inauspicious start. Well, quite okay, but, but you know, massive fucking single. Yeah. Not, but, but by no means the biggest single on that record. No. Uh, well, you know, highest placing, but I uh, know in terms of impact. No, if, you, not. if you look at monthly, li- well, if you look at total listens on, oh, is that on right? Spotify. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe. Second highest amount of listens on the record oh, okay. out of that record, but there's a really big, big jump off between number one and number Fair two. Fair enough. I mean, it probably doesn't take a lot of brains. To do <laughs> All right, well, let's do track number two. And track two is Tracy Jacks. Yeah. And I remember this one uh, being asked for. This wasn't a single at all. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but I. I no, I uh, okay. no, exactly. But it was asked for at Plenty of Nights. And I remember whenever, whenever I was DJing with Bernie, who we both mm-hmm. know, for example. Or even Andy, who who, uh, who I DJ with of Legends, who loved this album. Yeah. This would be one of the kind of oh, it's like I'm going to play this. It's yeah. an album track, but everyone loves it, so I'm going to be I look cool. Yeah. And so this did get played in yeah. clubs. Oh, I know, I know this song very well. Yeah. And again, musically, it's less annoying than the other one. It's, it's just a kind of a fine, bouncy mm-hmm. indie tune. Yeah, maybe we're, we're back into like. You know, guitar riff and yeah. actual drums, and you can see why people play this in clubs. It's, it's built for an indie dance. Oh yeah, it's a, it's, it's a sing along, bounce yeah, around with your point. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah. And again, the, the vocals in this are just—they're a little bit nails down a chalkboard to me. Right, ba 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 ba. You don't sound like that. You don't. Sure, that, that, that's not you sing now, is it? Anyway, well, no. Um, do you prefer this bit, like uh, the? This kind of the chorus bit to the to that, or is it all just the same? I mean, 
I, I'd say like the, the Tracy Jacks. Yeah. That that is a bit that really hurts my. It really kind of makes me recoil face. from it. You know, yeah. uh, when he kind of dials it back in a little bit, mm-hmm. it's it's fine. I mean, what really gets to me coming up in a minute is these fuck it those woo oh woo, 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 woo. yeah 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 okay. that, that just that that that's like a finishing see. move for me right 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 um I, I genuinely I was listening to this earlier and I just wrote I feel tortured listening to this yeah yeah and like this bit was fine it's right? yeah. well, I feel like shit like this that make northerners hate us well not us <laughs> from <laughs> Northern Ireland but yeah you know what I mean well, I mean um, uh, there's a quote from I think Liam Gallagher. Um, who said upon release of this album, or you know, when asked about it, um, he said, "This is just Southern England personified this album," and that, and, and he it, it was in a very dismissive way, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, I find this song, the lyrics of it, like the whole thing. I'd rather be here and be normal. It's like, fuck off, mate. Right? Yeah. Fuck off, you wacky prick. I mean, and, and this is the first one that I think where you know Auburn is trying to narrow in on. He's talking about a particular person to represent, yeah. uh, you know, some stuff. And again, they talked about Britishness a lot, you know, Britpop, uh-huh. but this is absolute Englishness. This yeah. is a very specific type of English person. Yeah. Um, and so it's always said that they're going on from the stuff like the small faces and the kinks, and uh-huh. you talk that they take these um, kind of little niches of life and uh-huh. make a song about them. And in this one, it's a middle-aged man called Tracy, which makes no sense to yeah. me. If you're gonna, if you got. Uh, have you heard of Ice Tea? I think I have, but um, I don't understand why. You've got all the names in the world yeah. at your disposal. Um, you're going to write a song. You can choose anything you want. Oh, let's make it Tracy. Yeah. Fine. Okay. What well, You do what you want. Anyway, so this is a middle-aged man. He's like a businessman. He's not happy with the way his life's going. Uh, he takes a train to the seaside and goes skinny dipping because, hey, fucking live a little, mate. Live yeah, a little. Yeah, because they, because they've, seen, they've seen Reggie Perrin at some Right, point. sure. Yeah. And then he, uh, in the end, um, bulldozes his own house because he thinks he needs to start from scratch or some shit. Yeah, brilliant. It's like a Mr. Man story. It's weird. It's fucking shit. This bit here, right? Oh, so the, the, the ooh-ooh-ooh. For some reason, the, the, that kind of, the bass line that's just doing its thing, that's, this is the outro. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it reminds me of Les Claypool. Because it doesn't sound... And it's not quite doing a proper tune it's a little bit off for me yeah it's, it's that kind of little bit yeah um, I think this is a catchy song um, and to be honest I think Girls and Boys is a catchy song hmm. because it's undeniable oh yeah I can fucking sing you that yeah Chlamydia think, is a fucking catchy indeed. I disease. think this is catchy but it doesn't really do much for it, it doesn't tickle me the right way um, and so I think it's fine but don't really yeah. care. And I, I can see both those points. Yeah, they're very, very earwormy. I, I understand mm. why if you've got no critical function, you might like this. <laughs> well, there we are. You see? Yeah, we can agree. Okay, so yeah. track number three. And this was the... It was the last of the four singles that they released. This is End of a Century. Uh, this was released in November of 94. It got to number 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And yeah. Well, so again, it's, it's it's him. No, it's, this is this is the point where I fucking just go. This is a genuinely great piece of songwriting. Oh, great! Because I think this is fantastic. This yeah. Is, this, this, yeah. Look, right. This is right. This nice. Is this thing. It's the point where I have to just go. This is great songwriting, and it's enough to overcome my 
considerable qualms. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. I still think there's some terrible lyrics in this. Okay. But look, listen, he's singing, the fucking harmonies work. Yeah. He's dialed it in. It's got a fucking emotional fucking... There's a swell to it. Yeah, yeah. there's a swell yeah. to it. It makes me... Yeah, it makes me feel things that I don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. Because, but this, you know, the worst excesses of everything are dialed back in and and it, it's, you know... The, 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 we wear the same clothes because we feel the same. What a brilliant lyric yep. that is. What uh, sure. a fucking sure. brilliant lyric that is. And it's just a great... And, you know, incredibly on the nose for Blur fans. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, and, you know, it's just a great, uplifting yes. little song. And I think that almost makes me more angry. Oh, good. What, at the other ones? Yeah. Right. Because it's just like, oh, you know. But it's just like this... It, it's a. It, this is a great song that sure. I have tried quite hard to dislike over the years, but um, so do you remember it from the time as well? Yeah, yeah. Now this, this song, you know, I, I think this is. A, I think this is a brilliant song. Yeah, I, I genuinely do. I remember this coming out, and I remember being very happy that there was one that uh, a single that yeah. I liked and I could play in the clubs. Yeah, you know, because it it, it it it's not as jumpy up and down as the other ones. But it's still, you can play this in, you know, mid-set. And yeah. I, I think this is really good. So I was like, yeah, fucking wicked. Good. There is, here's one. I still find that backing vocal quite annoying, though. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah, anyway. fine. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah it's, it, it's, a, it's a very good song. And it's another one where it's talking about, you know, Brits and their lives. Uh, this is about a couple who are in a rut. Uh, once they get together and the spark is gone, all they're doing is, like, sitting and watching TV, just being boring yeah. and just uh, silently resenting each other um, it's it's also I think Damon contemplating his I mean, he's, he was like 26 when mm-hmm. he wrote this and there's a line you, the mind gets dirty as you get closer to 30 so he's, he's yeah. seeing where he is right now yeah. um, he had been in obviously a long term relationship with Justine from Elastica yeah. I think by this time it was finished not 100% on that yeah. but um, so I'm assuming he's you know he's talking about what has happened uh, to him and how he sees relationships and uh, just wouldn't it be nice if there was some fun again? Yeah. Um, and so I think this is this is really good. I think it's, it's nice sentiments. It's only 2.46. Yeah. This is one that could have gone on for longer and I'd been sure. fine with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got quite an epic feel. It's, it's, mm. it's surprising how short it is. Yeah, no, it doesn't. If it, exactly, if I hadn't looked at it, for this, I would have assumed it was a four-minute song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's got everything in it. I, I, I'm very pleased that there is something that, uh, for you to get out of this. Everything I'm going to say about this album is what I genuinely think Yeah, no, of course, it. mate. You know. Of course. That's, that's, that's excellent. Well, in that case, let's keep the momentum going, the goodwill, and play track number four. <sighs> oh, well. It couldn't last, I'm assuming. I mean, oh. I'm just assuming. But the look on your face and... The, the, the growl. <laughs> fuck this song. I mean, this is like the archetypal Blur song. This is, this is the one. Fuck, fuck, fuck this song. It's a cunt. Right. I, fuck Phil Daniels. Oh, right. Right, fuck the, the fucking faux madness affectations within uh-huh. this. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, mainly, yeah I, yeah, I don't even need to say it, do I? But Park life. <laughs> <laughs> It was the third Listen, single, uh, got to number 10. Uh, 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 fuck. I mean, it's jaunty as fuck, this one. It's absolutely, you know, exact. There's no way for me to uh, think about this album and not think about this song yeah. and not think about, you know, how this was so big. 
the, hugely the, big. This song's position in British popular culture yeah. makes me more ashamed than the Brexit vote. Well, okay, right. But yeah, this is the one and where... And you draw a line between the fucking two as well. Uh, that is also very probable. Um, this is the one that if you if you had to, or you know, I'm sure people have, but if you were making a uh, Now That's What I Call Britpop album, yeah. this is an obvious one. Yeah. Um, because um, it's it's just so emblematic of yeah. the, the whole thing. Um, it's not, you know, by any... I don't think it's the one that necessarily everyone would go to first. I think more people would probably go Oasis or something like that but this is in, this is top two or three of everyone if you had to name a Britpop song Park Life you know it's 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 that huge it's fucking massive and whenever it came out I couldn't get away with not playing it in the clubs nice. every night I was hearing this every time I DJ'd and I didn't like it from the start yeah. um, I think it is overly you know, enthusiastic and hey aren't we a bit wacky it's as as I've said, I, you know, I don't want to repeat myself, mm-hmm. but it, it's it's that, you know, it's that kind of happy chappy kind of Mary Poppins in of working oh, class culture, up. yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's a, oh, it's your favourite film, oh, the Italian job, Do you know what I mean? it's, right? Sure, it's this kind of small-minded fucking. Petty-minded, aren't we fucking great here in mm. England? Insular-looking kind of like little britain mentality mm-hmm. that uh you know oh yeah we that it's the kind of thing that we sneer at gammons for doing right sure yet somehow a whole swathe of alternative minded our generation you know kind of you know kind of right thinking people yeah. embraced this you know I, I won't say without irony because but I, the wrong the wrong ironic slant on it because if if it's if it's super super ironic it's sneering at people mm-hmm. right and i don't think that's the intention of it mm-hmm. but i don't either i think this is supposed to be just a good fun uh you know this is what damon saw uh whenever he went to the park near his house this is the characters he saw and thought it would be and again uh, you know, I say the kinks and small faces. This is the sort of thing they would have done. It was fucking. This is sunny afternoon. You know, this is that sort of thing. Mate, it's it's, it's a carry on movie. It's a car- but it is. It's exactly that. I've got. I mean, the video as well has elements of the carry ons. Yeah. On the buses and that sort of thing. It's it's a uh, a pastiche and a harking back to that sort of thing. It, it, the fact that they got Phil Daniels on there is them going, "Hey, weren't the sixties wicked?" Uh, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if we if we bring these elements into it. Everyone will think we are the kinks again. That sort of shit. And I will say that I think it's a very well-crafted song. I think it does what it does really well because it's instantly catchy. Yeah. Like, horrendously I mean, instantly that, that, catchy. that riff, right? Ding, 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 Yeah. You know, it's impossible to separate the two. And the chorus is hooky as shit. All the people. It's really memorable. It's also very annoying. Yeah, it's yeah, weaponized fucking bullshit. Yeah. I actually think though I think um the inclusion of Phil Daniels him doing it rather than because originally it was going to be Damon doing it. Yeah. I think him doing it I think it's genius. I think it's absolute genius because sure. he he does bring a a more authentic cockney geezer thing to it. Yeah. And the associations that people have with him I'm like that fucking works. That's very clever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that bit is is I mean insanely good and I think that this is a very 
good pop song i find it annoying is the only thing yeah i mean it's i, I can't argue with any of those yeah. things i'll tell you what I, I do like think about this as well i recently watched some i can't remember if it was probably on netflix or some shit um documentary about brit pop yeah and it was only it wasn't you know an eight part series or something it was just like an hour long and obviously blur were a big part of mm-hmm. it and they were interviewed about this and there was a lot of stuff about and this in 94 heart life came out and the the documentary made me so nostalgic for that time yeah. um, because they were playing a load of other songs that I liked as well. But in 94, I was, you know, 19. Yeah. I was having a great time. I was, you know, meeting loads of brilliant people. Yeah. And there was so much music I was getting into. It was crazy. We, we say it every episode on this. In the amount of uh, records that were coming out that I still think stand up. Yeah. You know, it, so just as a time period, I love that time. And I love a load of Britpop stuff. And so I find myself forgiving some of this song because I was like, oh, it does make me feel I, I get that with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I get that with an awful lot of things. I think Suede, mm-hmm. I got that with. Sure, you example. did, yeah, absolutely. I don't know, there's just something about this song and everything it represents. It's, it reminds me, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the best way to word it is. Mm. I think there's something that really fundamentally bothers me that my generation and the time that I felt the most relevant in the world mm-hmm. is going to be remembered and <laughs> a, a noted by this when there were so many other things happening. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And Very interesting things like dance music coming through, hip hop yeah, still mean, being yeah, exactly. expanding, skateboard culture, yeah, sure. all, all of these things, yeah. all of these fundamentally, fundamentally very nineties things that were just completely and utterly ignored, mm. and as such, won't be remembered in the same way. Well, exactly. If you were watching a program on Channel Five called "Remember the Nineties," yeah, you are not going to hear you know some obscure warp stuff from nineteen ninety four. Um, you are going to hear Park Life and you're going to hear Live Forever. The, and this is it. It's sure. like the fact that, I guess, alternative culture has kind of been labelled with this. And at the time, it didn't matter. It didn't, it did, I didn't need sure. to. I could just ignore this shit because there was so much else going on. But I guess maybe people from other generations feel the same way. People that... There are probably thousands of people that are really annoyed that Led Zeppelin are the thing that people remember of oh, right, 70s yeah. rock bands and by. And not because... the Edgar Winter group. Yeah, exactly. Right, sure. right. And, you know, I don't want to be that dude. Right? Well, no, you don't want to be going to be, oh, well, I'll tell you, be honest, the Beatles weren't that good. There were so many other good things happening. Yeah, okay, calm down, granddad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, but this is the band that kind of made me do that okay. more than any other. I see. And I, I don't like that necessarily. And mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of think going into this, I was hoping for a bit of like, Okay, calm down, Granddad. Right, know, reassess bit, yourself. You know, going in, knowing I liked into the century, going like, okay, there'd be more of that. Okay, but and I thought, mate, you know, but yeah, this song it just fucks me off, man. Yeah, no, I, I, even at the time, I understood that it was a huge hit, so I played it all the time. I never enjoyed playing it. I was yeah. like, oh, I want to do a different track. I want to do end of the century, or I want to do something that isn't, or I want to just play there's no other way again because yeah. that's my shit. But you know. But right. one thing I do like, and the legacy of this, and I know it's hack as fuck, but I really do enjoy when someone on social media puts up a big, wordy, long post trying yeah. to, you know, make themselves sound impressive and intelligent. Yeah. And at the end of it, someone else just chimes in with Park, Park Life. Life. I yeah. do enjoy that. Fair just enough. Just in a, in a fucking get a grip here. <laughs> I do enjoy that. So well done, Blur, for that, if nothing else. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Okay, and, so... And nothing else. <laughs> uh, track number five, then? Bank Holiday. 
Sounds like Elastica. It really does. Oh no, carry on punk music. <laughs> I mean, this this it reminds me of whenever they did pop scene. Uh, they were they were trying to get out of the baggy uh, thing, and so they went all kind of fast and and punky like that. I don't remember this at all. And even though I, you know, I remember as a, a word bank holiday, I remember like wording on the album. Yeah. I couldn't have said what this sounds like. I mean, I, I obviously don't like this. Right. Oh, I see. I, I wasn't sure if you would or not, I, because it doesn't do much for me. But I don't really like. Sure. It just yeah, it just does my fucking end. It's like it's, it sounds like the young ones doing a punk song. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's very exactly. It's it's overly snotty and brash, and that's really. Um, one thing I, I reckon when they played this live, I suspect every venue went fucking ape shit, and I suspect there was pogoing like you never saw before. I mean, I know it's pogo that I've seen before at oh, actual, at, at actual good punk, punk, gigs, punk gigs, yeah. yeah. There is a line in this though, because um, it's it, essentially it's called bank holiday. It's about bank holidays, and, and again, what they mean to uh, to people in Britain because it's a free holiday yeah. and you get the day off, and you can go to the beach or you can you know just chill out and drink a beer. Um, but yeah, there's a line. There's a lyric, right? The kids are eating Snickers because they're so delicious. Terrible line. Yeah. Then their sticky fingers, then mother loses her knickers. And it's not like there. there's a big pause between the kids are eating Snickers because they're so delicious, then their sticky fingers. Yeah. Then mother loses her knickers. It's just run on. It's a run on sentence. And so I'm going, okay, so are you telling me the kids are having some chocolate uh, and then they... Uh, get sticky fingers because the chocolate gets in the fingers, and so then they finger their mum. Is that what happens on bank holidays? I, I, Is this an English thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because I was confused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like it's like the orange marches, man. It's it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's confusing if you're not part of that right, culture. Sure, yeah, exactly. Don't question it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't be racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say marathon though, rather than Snickers. Well, indeed, because yeah, you know, harking back. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't life used to be good back when? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't actually mind that, and I'm not a fan of that style of music at all. Um, I don't mind it, and it's only a minute and a half long. It's I bet fucking. I bet. I bet out. Steve Lamont wanked himself. Oh, rigid over Jesus that Christ! Song. Yeah, oh, that's, I bet that's his favourite song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember. Um, may have told this story before um he dj'd at a club i was i was doing mm-hmm. before it was at the edge in yeah. Newton, and he did his you know one hour set and i'm sure he got paid a silly amount of money for it and he finished on blur song two yeah which is like a minute and a half long yeah. and uh he then got on the microphone and said i'll tell you what mate that's a brilliant song the only bad thing about it is it's too short and played it again oh my god yeah and i suspect this is the same sort of thing he would have done the same thing with bank holiday so like, oh yeah. it's just too good not to play twice Bam. Yeah. There you go. We're about a third of the way through the album. So let's mm. let's take a, a breather and look at what else was going on album-wise. Right? Yes, let's do that. So the top 10 albums in the week of May the 1st to the 7th, 1994. Number 10 is Mariah Carey's Music Box, which is just hanging around like a very nice smell. Uh, number nine, the Cranberries. Everyone else is doing it. Why can't we? Which we will see at number one later on in later this series. On. Uh, number eight, Ace of Base, Happy Nation. Similar story. We will see that. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Judith Durham and the Seekers, a carnival of hits, which is the greatest oh, hits of okay. the Seekers. Uh, number six, Tony Braxton, self-titled album. Nice. Um, and I imagine that was huge in the States 
and probably did, did decent bit, over did here. Bit, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. One of those ones. Number five, best of Marvin Gaye. Number four, and here's an album that we have, have a lot to say about, Censor and Stacked Up. Oh, come on. Yeah, new entry at number four, <sighs> which is fucking... Right, for a band Censor, right? Yeah. They were not a crossover. They never made it big. They didn't yeah. have hits. Um, the first single, Eject, didn't even chart. And so for it to be a number four record... Yeah. Is a big deal to oh, me, mate. Because I was a huge fan, and I, you know, so I was waiting this. I didn't realise anyone else was. Did I? I mean, I walked into um, Switch, uh, and they played this. The Switch was a club. In the Switch, yes, I, they played the first night I was ever there, mm-hmm. right? And it was the one track that they played that I was just like, "What's this? What? Wow! Wow! What is this? Right? Tell what, me what is more. It? I need to hear that. I need. No. I, it's called Sensor, and, and I and it, it was in the day because the single had been and gone. Okay, sure. So I couldn't get it. Um, yeah, couldn't Forget stream about it. it. Couldn't no. stream it. You can't just couldn't go on eBay and buy it. No, couldn't you... go on Discogs. No, no. Uh, I could go to a local record shop and see if they had it. They didn't. Mm-hmm. End of that conversation. Yeah. When's the album coming out? Who knows? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And it was like a year, I think, before the oh, album came out. Oh, it was ages, yeah. Because, yeah, uh, Eject came out in 93, and now we're in May 94, this yeah. came out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. then a big album, that one. Big, big, big album. So big. Yes, indeed. We should probably talk about it at proper length. We need to talk about that Okay, record, we'll, we'll probably do a little special on yeah. that. And it will do no downloads, but no. we will not <laughs> There'll care. be four very excited people yeah, listening yeah. to it. Yeah. So, so, so I, I know we've done two specials recently, and I know if you don't like your specials and yeah. whatever, but... Fuck it, yeah, it's free. Sensor, mate. Uh, number three, Deacon Blue's greatest hits. Fine. Number two, Pink Floyd's Division Bell, which is the last one yeah. we did, obviously. Um, and the, there are a couple of weeks I'm going to look at for the other albums that came out um, because Deacon Blue's greatest hits went back to number one. Yeah. So fuck it, you know, we'll, we'll take cares? that week as well. Uh, so other stuff that came out: Chumbawamba released Anarchy, <sighs> number twenty-nine. Yeah, did and. They? I really just didn't like them at all. I didn't like them before they released Tub Thumping, and then yeah. I liked them even less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the whole kind of crusty thing was... Uh, it was an acquired taste. Yeah, sure. Wait, wait, and the thing is, I love a load of the bands that would, would have been in that scene. Levelers. Levelers. I enjoyed the Levelers. Uh, you Back know, to the Planet. Ned's. Back to the Planet. I really enjoyed that uh, one single, yeah. Teenage Turtles. I listened to it again relatively recently, and it's fucking dreadful. Oh, of course it is. I really enjoyed it at the time. Uh, but all your Dread Zone records. <laughs> oh, God. I never enjoyed Dread Zone. Never got that. Yeah. No. I don't want fiddly diddly violin proto crust punk dance. Yeah. Never worked for me. I, th- I think if, if someone goes to me, well, you know, it's like folk music, but we've added a bit of dub. Yeah. <laughs> that pass. No thanks. Hard thank. pass. No thanks. Uh, the Fall released Middle Class Revolt. Got to number 48. One of their 7,000 records. I know, exactly. That was the one that month. Um, Skin released a self-titled album. Got Went to number nine. Yeah. Skin. Well, Got sorry. Brit, Brit, Brit rock. Well, we won't be talking about that, will we? No. Uh, Biohazard released State of the World Address. Nice. And that only got to number 72 in the UK, apparently. Well, you know, I'm not surprised. I mean, I I had that on probably week of release. Wait, I had the, yeah, the That's the one that had the, uh, that's how it is, y'all. That's how it is. Right. With a uh, send dog on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but yeah, that, would, that seems right. Yeah. But there, well, there was a couple of, like, big rock club hits on that album, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure man. I was playing something off that Yeah, one. Wrong Side <laughs> of the Tracks. Right. I was on there. There was, there was like, the State of the World Address was a, a song as well, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, I really yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, dude, I was, I was, uh, I was banging a biohazard at that mm. at that time. You went to a few times, didn't yeah, you? I saw biohazard a load of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah biohazard, all, all that kind of New York metalized hardcore that was coming out on Roadrunner. I was banging to that. Sure, yeah, yeah. Socks pulled up to the knee. Yeah. Uh, long shorts. Exactly. Basketball tops. And yeah, and be, and yeah. Bear in mind, if you're listening, if you're listening to this, going, oh, this guy really doesn't like the Blur record. Yeah, I, I like that biohazard record. So you know, well, indeed. So yes. there you go. Did, make make fact, of that what you will. Did you go and see them with? Dog Eat Dog at I've one seen point. Dog, I, I saw Dog Eat Dog so many times that the bass player knew me and my girlfriend yep. by name. Yeah. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I don't look back. I don't look back without regret. No. <laughs> no, I do. Fuck it. Yeah, I fuck it. Absolutely. Uh, Sunny Day Real Estate released Diary, and I, I didn't know them at the time at mm-hmm. all. I don't even remember reading about them at the yeah. time. But then I just always heard, you know, years later, I hear them uh, referred to in these lauded terms. Yeah. Or Sunny Day Real Estate it was like, oh yeah, well they kicked off some of the kind of the emo movement. Yeah, but I have never checked them out. I listened to one of their records at the time, quite liked mm-hmm. it, but never owned it, and have kind of completely forgotten about it. Fair again because someone put them in the same category as like, oh, oh you like them because you like quicksand. Oh, I see. Like, well, so yeah, you that investigate kind of on that. Yeah, 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 that kind of what was then emo core. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, a couple more. One. Which I suspect is only really for you and me. Uh, G Love and Special Sauce. Oh man, the, the I like called beverages. Indeed, yeah. Put them in the fridge. Put them in the fridge. Put them in the fridge. And the, I, at uh, so this was May '94. In probably July of '94, I went over to New York and visit my dad over there, yeah. and he was uh, in charge of the Knitting Factory Club mm-hmm. uh, in um, Manhattan. And so that I was helping him there, helping mm-hmm. him. He was letting me go to the yeah. club and, you know, pretending to let me plug a lead in here and there yeah, just yeah, to yeah. feel useful. Uh, but I was seeing bands every day. The first time I saw Low would have been, nice. you know, summer of 94 at the Knitting Factory. But I also did see G Love and Special Sauce there. Nice. And I thought they were great. This was like 19-year-old me going, oh, this is really cool. And all of the people who worked there, yeah. who were obviously more into jazz and avant-garde because it's yeah. a knitting factory. But even the bartenders who were, you know, just you know, young punks in bands, they were like, this band's fucking shit. Nice. I was like, wow, this is great fun. Yeah. And they were, they gave me such a hard time for liking G-Love. Right. And it's gibberish, absolute gibberish. But no, I, I think it's a good album. Yeah, it's I've good. got a lot of time for it. Yep. And the uh, debut album by Weezer. Uh, was out in this week as yeah, well. Yeah, sweater song one. Yeah, 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 blue album. And I didn't particularly like it at the time because the first I heard of them was Buddy Holly, and I thought it's a bit cheesy and chintzy. See, I really liked sweater song, and Buddy Holly put me off. Right, I don't think I'd heard sweater song. First one I heard was Buddy Holly, yeah. and I was like, oh, mm, maybe not. Uh, I have obviously I've since gone back to it, and there are some brilliant songs on yeah. there. I still don't think Buddy Holly is great. I think it's far too. I mean, now it just sounds like Weezer because that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like, this is an AI-generated Weezer song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but No, but the, the album came out, and I think it made a much, much bigger splash in America, a much more big impact over there. But it made some impact in the UK. I was getting people asking for... for Poor man's ween. Oh, well, ween. Piss up a rope. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. Yep. All right, there you go. Uh, some decent stuff there. And Censor, which we will definitely talk about more at, yeah. at probably ridiculous length. Yeah, get ready for the five-hour special. <laughs> yeah. Mate, the thing is as well, since they're surely one of those bands where we could just, you know, phone one of them up and go, all right, uh, Haggis, can I, you try to come on? I wonder if we can get fucking Haytham. When Haytham, that. I imagine. So, so, if you know Haytham, <laughs> if, you, if you are listening to this yeah. and you know Haytham, give him a shout to us because we'd like to talk to him. Yeah, man. 
All right, good stuff. Okay, well, I'm afraid we have to get back into the middle bit of Blur, so let's do that. So, track number six on the album is Bad Head. Yeah. And I don't remember this at all either, um, from whenever I had the album on somewhere else in the background. Primal Scream. Okay, so we're back into the mellower side of things. So this bit, musically, it's quite nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm finding this nice. See, if you, like me, hate Damon Albarn, it's quite painful to hear. Oh, really? uh, uh, Because you like the melody, but you don't like him, or just just, because... I just don't, just don't like the voice. Right. I just really don't like the voice. Oh, but he, he's not doing his, his chirpy cockney in this. No, but I just don't like this voice either much. I don't like the chorus in this, I must admit. I think the uh, the verses are better. Actually, I mean, the chorus isn't terrible, but I think the verses are much nicer. This isn't, you know... This isn't the worst song on this record. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I th- actually think this is very nice. I, it's, I think it's a bit bright and perky that kind of pan pipey guitar whatever that is right really oh because I think this is very downbeat overall I think the whole th- whole sound of this is a very subdued and downbeat thing <laughs> no it doesn't bother me that bit that I, overall this this reminds me of one or two songs on Beck's Sea Change album it has that mm. feel to me um, and I love that album it's all oh, time favourite I, I love that album it's, no, again not my favourite of those albums my favourite is uh, I prefer I prefer Mutations over right fair enough Sea Change but that's very much a pick your favourite oh well indeed yeah. Situation. yeah no I, I do I really like this um, it seems to be about breaking up with someone and the, the, the lack of contact with them it gets, it gets you into bad habits um, yeah. so you're drinking you're sleeping all day potentially a bit of heroin mm. there's, there's a line in there about get a touch of flu which was slang for heroin by then um, but yeah the, the wistfulness in this appeals to me um, it, it, uh, maybe because I listened to it over and over and over and you have to do for this it grew on me mm-hmm. but I was pleasantly surprised by this one yeah no I don't like this right I see okay yeah no I think because it's a bit more personal and introspective um, and not oi oi uh, it's no I understand that it, it's, uh, I think I would have preferred if more of the album had been like this yeah for sure uh, this, this song doesn't make me annoyed Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, but that uh, might as well be. Uh, I, I just. Oh, I get you that, yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's still it's, not real. It's, a, it's just a big disconnect for me. That okay. His vocal and his voice just. It's not genuine. I don't, don't, it's not even that. It, 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 it's just. It's, it's sitting really high in the mix in this. Mm. It's like, you know, like, the, you know, for example, Clint Eastwood by The Gorillas. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great song. Mm-hmm. It's got Damon Albarn vocal in it. That doesn't bother me in the least. Okay, yep. Because it's just it, it sits really, low. and the way he's singing there isn't actually that dissimilar to how he's singing here. Mm-hmm. But saying about where it is in the mix, I, I mean, I don't really like the tune either, particularly. It's, right. I, okay. Well, it, that's a, a bad start then. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Sure. No, I, I don't know. I, it's uh, it's it's not one of the ones that kind of makes me annoyed, but uh, it's it doesn't connect with me at all. It just kind of floats by. Okay, that's fair. I I, I think it's one of the nicer ones on there fair for enough. me. Uh, but I, maybe it's because I, you know, I don't remember at all, and so I'm coming to it a bit fresh. Yeah. I don't have, you know, 
any baggage with it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So perhaps I'm just pleasantly, oh, okay, this is uh, one that I haven't heard and is, is okay. Bag of flu. Bag of flu, yeah. Okay. Right, so the next one is called The Debt Collector. Right. Oh, umpire, mm, is it? Apparently so. Oh, is this what we call a comedy in- interlude? It uh, Yes. I mean, this is basically their version of a skit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I am a defender of enough... 1993 hip hop albums that it would be disingenuous of me to really go to town on a fucking (laughs) pointless skit yeah but you know I mean Damon Albarn isn't on this really so no no plus one big tick in the plus column there no um yeah it's basically it's a cross it's like a waltz and a fairground ride tune yeah um and how long is this this is two minutes eleven so I mean that's longer than it should be for an interlude um but this is the song that originally uh, they wanted to have Phil Daniels on. Um, they wanted him for something, and it was going to be this music and, and him uh, reciting like a poem over that. Like, this fucking clarinet or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Um, but uh, Damon couldn't write one that he liked enough in time right. for it to be recorded, so they had to just leave it as an instrumental. But then, because they'd talked to Phil Daniels, they then got him for Park Life. Right. Which, you know, fair enough, is probably the right way around, because I cannot imagine a poem over this. Yeah. You know, sound very but bizarre. But imagine if, they ha- if they'd done that, and mm. we'd all not had to listen to, to Park Life. Life. Yeah, true enough. Right. Yeah, no, uh, this is, is a bizarre one. It is. It's so this, a little is, this is the end of the first side of the record, isn't it? Uh, no, the next one is. Oh, is it? Yeah, because it, tra- it was eight tracks on the first. Uh, this is track okay. seven. Right. I think, I think the next one is. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is, I, I consider this pointless and think we should move on immediately. Yeah, 100%. Oh, okay, fine. Next one's called Far Out. Okay. So we've got sci-fi like uh, radio theatre tropes coming in here. Lots, this is yeah, like, BBC uh, yeah. Studios. Yeah. And it's the only song that isn't sung by Damon Albarn. Yep, sung by Alex James, which Indeed. is nearly as bad. <laughs> yep. And he comes in in a minute doing his very, very best Bowie impression, doesn't he? Oh, it, 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 yes, but it's fucking grating. Because I don't imagine he sounds like this. No. No. And, and we goes, no! Yeah, bit. sure. And it's a Laura, it, it reminds me of uh, Adam Buxton's piss take of Scylla Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Laura, Laura. Laura, Laura. Uh, I've written, God, he's a hateful. <laughs> She's making droning cunt. Why, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, I mean, this is essentially a list of stars and moons that you can see in the galaxy. Yeah. That's literally what it is. And how long is this one? This is 1 minute 38. So it, it is absolutely another interlude. Yeah. This is, I guess, they maybe went, oh, Alex was just pestering them. I've, I've written a song, I've written a song, I've written a song. Please, sir, please, sir. So I'll fucking put it on then. Okay, fine. But it's it's what? It's a list of moons. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, this is the sort of thing that you would try and write. Look, we all, rep- we all record in my parents' garage. <laughs> you have <laughs> yes. to let me have a song. <laughs> my father owns Essex. <laughs> So please, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I've seen people saying that this, this is sort of a pastiche of Sid Barrett. Um, yeah. Whenever he was doing his kind of weird stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't know enough about Sid Barrett stuff to know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. If it is, fine, but not fine because fuck, don't do that. This yeah. is it's, this is deliberately 
kooky. This is all a little bit hat stand to me. Uh, yeah, exactly that. It's, oh, well done. You've been very wacky. And, you know, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of stuff I liked that was wacky. I, oh, I mean, we just talked about Wayne, mate, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure, but no. Yeah. This, this, it sounds like a song that you would make up to try and remember the names of stuff for an exam. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't then put it on an album. Exactly. Mm. Now, right. I consider this pointless and think we should move on yes, immediately. Again, fair yes. enough. <laughs> Um, right, so the next one's called To The End. Okay. Which, and to spoilers, it isn't. Um, <laughs> this okay. is uh, the second single. Um, it's got to number 16 in the June of 94. Not their biggest hit, obviously, number 16. And I, this is a, a strange choice, I thought, for the second single. Yeah. If you're following up Girls and Boys with this, it's an interesting choice. This has got a cinematic feel to it. Mm. This, is, this is another one of the songs on the album that I don't mind. I love this song. Yeah, yeah. I think this is brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, I would say "Don't Mind" is probably underselling okay. it slightly. It, although it does sound, a bit, it does um, sound a bit like "Millennium" by Robbie Williams. Oh, it really does. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hugely. Yeah. No, you can tell Robbie. Uh, you know, it is fucking cocaine binges stuck this album on a lot. Well, you know that sample from that, don't you? Millennium. That's the. That's Bond, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Moonraker. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and, and essentially it, here for me, like they're the ones singing, not pretending to be. Uh, you know, work, like he works in a warehouse or sure, anything. Yeah, and it's got the whole song's got kind of a bit of a warm, like kind of Phil spectery feel to it. Hasn't sure, it? yeah, yeah. And it, it's got that Walker Brothers as well, but yeah. but it, you know, French pop from the sixties. Yeah. Obviously, then added to with Letitia Sadler of Stereolab doing the French bits. Yeah, it feels a bit more kind of transcendent than than the other stuff in the record. It feels like it's like an outward looking record mm-hmm. rather than this kind of insular fucking hey, look at us aren't we brilliant being British hmm. um, oh, but, but there's a huge like emotional feel to this again yeah. you know this a really yeah, I get something from this it's not just a sing chant along it's like oh this this makes me wistful yeah you know, you know? 100% really does uh, th- this is uh, it, it's, it's to the end and it's a song about two people who realise they're coming to the end of their relationship you know this is not working anymore it's gonna finish pretty soon and so even though y- there's the double meaning of we made it to the end you know you could go oh well done us we made it all the way to the end it's like no 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 we have now made it to the end so yikes yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to go our separate ways but there's the the, the 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 mixture of sadness but also just resignedness and ennui and fucking boredom that the whole place has got you there yeah I think really comes across I think it's very well put together I think it's a gorgeous orchestration as well yeah it's, this is this is uh, uh, yeah a, 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 a lovely song it's got, mm. it's got something to say um yeah, a bit of fairground music in the background there, not necessarily ne- needed, but you know, I quite like it. Uh, this is the only song that isn't produced by Stephen Street. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Stephen Haig has produced this one, yeah. uh, who's more known for kind of his New Order and Pet Shop Boys work in the eighties. Um, but he does all the orchestral stuff on this. He's arranged that and also plays accordion on the song, uh, which again, not sure if we need. So that. what we're saying is this lacks a bit of street spirit. No way. Now we're talking. Yeah, it's fade. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's an absolute banger. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, this, yeah. this is, I would say, my second favourite song on the album. Okay, no, great. You know, Possibly I, my favourite. No, no, second favourite. Okay. And I do. I think the, the, the fact that you know Damon is doing the, the more kind of evocative vocals, there's, there's a sort of a, a, a straining to hit uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the bigger 
reaches compared with Letitia Sadler's absolute monotone Giscard Lafin. Yeah. You know, I, I, that works very well for me. I, I, I think this is terrific. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrific. Um, it was a single, like I say, but this I couldn't have played this in the clubs. This wasn't a dance floor song no, at all. No, this no. was like maybe it's start of the night, of course. A bit of fingering in the booths at the sure, end of the right. night. Right, let's play London Love. Okay, London Love. So that, this is track number 10. Now, mm-hmm. there, there's 16 tracks on here, we should point out. So we're now uh, we're banging to kind of, we're past the, mi- the midway point. Mm-hmm. This is number 10. So here's that squelchy bass, right? Uh-huh. And we're going to get this. This is the Duran Duran-y one. Oh, I see. Okay, sure. But it's very 80s new wave. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I like that. Yeah. yeah, you can imagine this being talking heads. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, but you, you can actually, you can see the influences that Blur have a lot. That they try and take a bit of this, bit of that. <sighs> Just, it ruins it every time, though. See, I don't mind this bit. I think this is okay, but. but when it hits the chorus Look, what, I've, what I've said here right I, I think that's fucking dreadful falsetto is yeah. so horrible dreadful and I, and I do respect I do respect that he's doing he's got a variety of vocal styles he's not just doing the same thing he's trying to do something creative here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, and I would be in, being an absolute curmudgeon and I, you know and I'm trying so hard not to be yeah. which I know you probably don't <laughs> it might not come across listening but yeah but uh, anyway but I just don't like any any of the choices he's making. Okay. Like, I just, you know, this is all, I don't mind the tune here. The vocals totally ruin it. And then we're going to knock into some very, like, very, very dissonant guitars here, which to me just don't work with okay, the context right. of the song as yeah, well. Yeah. And it's and there's a point you get to when you start going, oh, the rhythm of this as well. It's just very... Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, the, um, are you talking about this bit? The guitars here. Yeah, I don't mind this. I don't mind it. Um, I mean, I suspect again, this is probably them. It's Graham Coxon going. Oh, can I not just do something a bit more interesting? And they're like, Yeah, fuck it, whatever. Go for it. Yeah, but I will do so, and I'll go. Well, I'll just do this bit for now, and I'll put that in later. Oh, no, fuck! No, no. We put the album out. <laughs> oh, we put sorry, the album Graham. out. We forgot to put the thing yeah, in. Yeah, right. I'll tell you one thing I discovered uh, in reading around this, and that I didn't, I, I would have put money on the fact uh, that uh, it, w- it wasn't the way things went. But in terms of the writing of songs uh-huh. for Blur, Damon Albarn does the vast majority of writing the songs. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, I assumed that Coxon and James would write the songs. Yeah. They would jam some stuff, and they would go to Damon and go write some lyrics, and he would do that. Yeah. But no, he he's like integral to writing the actual tunes as that well. That doesn't surprise me, I uh, guess. It surprised me. It yeah. genuinely did surprise me. I didn't think not, that Not so much from Blur, but just from the other stuff that he's he's done. But mm. yeah, anyway. Well, no, I was surprised. And if you look at the credits on like who plays what on the album as well, mm. yeah, fair enough. You know, uh, Dave Rowntree does drums and percussion and drum programming. Alex, Alex Fruit Frastles. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, uh, you know, Alex James does bass, and he also does... He might be the clarinet, for example, right? Damon Albarn is like vocals, harpsichord, piano. He's got about 14 different instruments that he's yeah. playing on there. 
Fokker's got talent, like real musical talent. He can play a shitload of stuff. He's writing these songs. I didn't think that was the case. Right. I thought he was just, you know, kind of... Uh, Dilettante. You know, vocals for hire, stick this on top, and be the face of the band, the pretty boy, you know? Uh. So I, I was genuinely surprised. I didn't realise that. I do have a lot more respect for him than I did bec- uh, for, for on that for that reason. I was very surprised. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. No, sure. Yeah, anyway. All right, well, let's um, do the next one. Yeah. No, yeah. So this one's called Trouble in the Message Centre. Fade in. Always gamble. So this is all quite nice. It's kind of Sonic Youthy in a weird way. The, the, the intro think. into this. Not. I mean, not. This is a bit more mainstream than. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, that intro, ding, 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 ding. Okay, sure. And then these chunky guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't get on with that vocal. I know what he's trying to do. There's something quite funny about this song, right? Mm. Well, I was listening to it, and I was going, right, I know I don't like this vocal. Why, don't, why isn't it annoying me? Oh, right. In a way it should do. Yeah. And I worked it out. And... He, he sounds a bit like the comedian Tom Ward. Oh yeah, and because I lo- kind of like Tom, uh-huh. I kind of think I can't. Um, oh, you have to let this y- one go. Yeah, I see. <laughs> and there's kind of a, and I, there's a kind of a sardonic sense of humour in this. And there's obviously we there's a sense of humour throughout all of it that I feel hits misses the mark quite a bit. But this one mm-hmm. kind of works a bit for me. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't really like. I don't really like the song, right? Right. I, I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't like it, but that's because there's bits of it that that, that that's kind of almost enough for me. Yeah. That's the that that's the there's that's, something there's a nugget somewhere. That's the plateau that I that's oh. where I am with this record. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, for me, I think the. The chorus is is catchy, you know, but it, it, it's, it's, it's something there. But I do, I kind of like the scuzziness of the guitars. There's, again, I think that sort of late seventies new wave sound, uh, be it like Nick Lowe or something like that. There's something in there um, that I have pleasant memories of. Yeah. But I do, I think it's just overall a bit forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind the 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 lyrics. Um, it's trouble in the message center is the, the name of the song, and it's about getting so fucked up and so smashed um, because that's what you do when there's nothing to look forward to in your yeah. life that you're not in control of your brain and you're not in control of your actions yeah. it's trouble in the message centre um, so yeah okay it's, it, it's slightly witty oh here's some very blur la la la's um, but no I don't I just doesn't oh it's, it's very much an album it. track isn't it? it oh it very much is yeah yeah. I never would have got asked for this one for example no. as an album track to play in a club I don't think it stood out that much. No, it's no. boring. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't hate it. And I and it's kind of got f- quite a few of the things that I should hate. Okay. Well, I mean that. Yeah, I, I do think it probably does. But no, uh, it's it's absolutely average for me. We're uh, about two thirds of the way through. So let's look at singles. <laughs> Come on in. What you got for me? Well, okay. Oh, God. Yeah, the top sounds, 10 bad. Top ten has quite a few uh, new entries. Okay. So we'll go through these and see how you do. And then there's also a decent amount of other stuff. Uh, number 10 is 
real, real feature in the Mad Stuntman with I like to move it. So yeah. still, you know, signs of the summer. You know, yeah. it's it's, it's uh, continuing to go on. Number nine, and I wish I didn't remember this, but this was big. Here we go. While I'm far away from you, my oh my head. god! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh my god! I it was this. A, it was the summer of reggae. Oh. Bad reggae. I haven't heard this for years, man. Can you remember who it is? Um, hang on. It's obviously, it's a cover version of Dedicated to the One I Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I mean, I mean, it really, it's got with a risk of sounding like a fucking racist. Uh-oh. It really could be any of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, you know, if, if you put together a best of reggae 94, you wouldn't be able to tell, I'm sure, who was, no. who's what. No, this isn't Aswad. It's not Aswad. And it's not um, Chuck and Amos and Pliers, because you'd know. It's not Bitty McLean. It is Bitty McLean. It is Bitty McLean. It's Bitty McLean. Oh, my God. Bitty McLean. Bitty McLean. The man behind the toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah, the, the toothpaste with fucking shards in it. Bitty McLean. Shards. Uh, shards. Awful. Fucking dreadful. Fucking dreadful. Um, also, I just remembered that I've got um, I've got my little buzzers here. If you oh, get yeah. it right, you get it wrong. If you get it right, you're going to get... You get it wrong, you get... There you go. So that's what we've got. Right. Okay, so that was number nine. Yeah. Number eight, and I've not got this because, Jesus Christ, the Man United football squad with Come On You Reds. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's not listen no. to that. Number seven is Clubhouse Light My Fire, which I can only assume was a dance version of Light My Fire. Well, you'd hope so. Jesus Christ. Uh, number six, and I can't imagine you, you'll know the song, but see if you can spot the artist. Number six, so it must be you know, decently big at the time. Uh, slight clue, I don't think will help, is that we're going to have to do the full album kind of after we've done Censor. Oh, God. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Your eyes are open. Jesus. I mean, uh, you, that, that, that sounds like... That vocal sounds like Cliff Richard. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't think he'll appreciate you saying that. Does, though. I think it sounds very, very like... Oh. oh who it is. Is Eurasia? It is Erasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Erasure with Always. Nice. And I don't remember that single one bit. Mm. Not at all. But, yeah, we're going to have to do the full album on that one, so look forward to that. Okay. Uh, number five, and I couldn't find the original version of this on Spotify, so I'm going to play... A version by I think just the lead singers done a, a solo version. Smashing Pumpkins. No, nope, no. Nope, oh, is that fucking Stiltskin? It's Stiltskin, exactly. God, of course, it's, it's yeah, yeah. That, it, that's it, what it you is. You know, they might as well have called themselves yeah, yeah, not Smashing not Pumpkins. Smashing pumpkins. <laughs> Stiltskin with it's, Inside. It's, there's not a there's not a version of this it's on the, Spotify. The Stiltskin version. No, there's a couple of Stiltskin songs on Spotify, but there's not a version How of Inside. Bizarre. Yeah. Why is that? I wonder. Uh, some sort of fucking label wrangling. Yeah. Um, wrangling. Jeans ad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's the Ray Wilson solo version. And I'm that's probably somewhere at the Levi roots of the matter, isn't it? Hey, there we are. Uh, number four, and you'll absolutely get this straight away. Never understood why this was a hit. Yeah. It's a uh, Crestless Diamonds, obviously, yeah. Yes. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. It's such a weird song. Isn't really it? bizarre. 
I mean, what, what's he doing? His best impression of the bloke from Typo Negative. <laughs> it, it sounds like someone is like he's trying to hold his breath, and someone's like, uh, you know, pressing his stomach, and he's not trying not to exhale. Very, very. It's bizarre. like the how far can we take the yarl? This well, is there far. you go. Yeah, fucking there you go, Eddie Vedder. Hope you're yeah. proud of yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now that is mm, 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 by the crash test, always number four. Number four hit. Just bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. Uh, number three. And guess what? It's the sound of the summer. It's another oh, uh, no. reggae cover version. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and if you remember who this is, I'll be amazed. Is this Sweets for My Sweet? It is Sweets for My Sweet. Exactly. That's the song. Sweets for My Sweet. Um, who did this? Exactly. It's, it's going to be like, it's gonna be like Tipper Irie or something. You, you know fucking Stephen Hill from True Cult Pop oh, is shouting at his speaker oh, yeah, right for now. sure, man. Yeah. Hear me Hear now? Me <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, are you going to get it? Is it ranks? No, it's not. It's CJ Lewis. CJ Lewis. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? If In an infinite amount of time, do, I'd have got there. You reckon? Uh, fair enough. No. Uh, but no. Well, uh, okay, that's number three. Number two uh, we had last time, which is The Most Beautiful Girl in the World by Prince Symbol, as well, you yeah, say, yeah. whatever. Uh, and then this, number one, and I remember this so well, and I fucking despised it. Uh, and it was number one for ages, or at least it was hanging around for ages. And I couldn't find this, uh, the, 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 the single version on Spotify, mm-hmm. so I'm playing this off YouTube. Okay. Oh, is this... Um, I- Fucking D-ring. No. no. If I can't have you. I don't want everybody, baby. Uh-huh. By, um... Oh. No, it, no, it, that's not what it's called. It's called The Real Thing. Baby D? No. no. It's one of them. No, no. Uh, one hit wonder as far as I'm aware. Some Italian producer, I imagine. Sonic. No. Can't remember. Tony DeBart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hate this song so much. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I don't mind a lot of shit Eurodance, mm-hmm. but something about this song. Oh, man. I, I mean, it just sounds like hate. so many. I mean, that's Hadaway there. That's, that's you know, str- a little bit of tweaking acid, though. No, oh, sure, absolutely. But, you know, whenever he comes in with his awful, awful lyrics, yeah, fuck yourself. Oh, man. Just this weak bullshit. Bullshit. Right, anyway, that's number one. There, there are probably people listening to this going, this is a classic. Oh, totally. Tune, mate. It's fucking Honest tune. Honest to God, mate. man. Uh, some of the, like, the, the fucking 20-year-olds that work for me, right, they just love all this nonsense I bet, I bet from... I Mark mid- we used to work with that HMV. Oh, that's yeah. an all-time classic. Oh, it certainly would. Um, but yeah, they'll go like, oh, fucking, yeah, Speed Garage was amazing, wasn't it? Like, no. No, it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, you'd stick something like this on and go, oh, my God, old school. like, oh. Right, go, get, go get fucked. Uh, all right, so that's your top ten, um, mm-hmm. and far too much uh, bad reggae in there for me. Uh, let's have a look at what else was going on. So, now I mean, this one, you'll absolutely get this again, pretty much straight away, I'd imagine. Oh yes, yeah, Cypress Hill. Yeah, when shit goes down. Nope. No, hang on. 
Yes, got to number 20. Shot! Lick a shot. What a tune. Absolute banger, this one. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Yeah, Top, top quality. Couple of I'll sort of shot. skip through. We had actually Sonic Youth. We just mentioned them uh, released Bull in the Heather. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's okay. I listened to it again recently, and it's all right. Uh, it was when they were starting to go back into their more weird Avant, period. Yeah, yeah they, they'd done goo and they'd done dirty, which was like their rock stuff. Yeah, and this was them kind of going. Actually, fair enough. We we've made our millions. Mm-hmm. Now, now here's some here, yeah, fucking here. Yeah, uh, Killing Joke released Millennium. Yeah, and they were one of the ones that I heard, you know, the older crew speak about in revered terms. Yeah. That, but I didn't know them at all, really. And so I was like, okay, I guess this is okay, but didn't do much for me. No, I mean, you know, I've kind of killing joke. I've gone back to retrospectively, mm-hmm. and I, I like bits and pieces. Oh, mate, they, uh, they really have. They got some great tunes. I, I've got to see them at a festival. Millennium is a good tune, but yeah, yeah I, 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 you probably had to be there in order to go. No, they were they were really important and groundbreaking or whatever. Yeah, no, fine. Right, this one got to number 27, and we're going to have to do this album. I know what this is. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, fuck it. Brain is just not working for these things anymore. No. Uh, it's James. No, no, it's not James. It no. Sounds like fucking James, though. Okay, you want um, that sounds like James. I mean, a little bit. I can see that. I can see it. Mm-hmm. But I think this is because in my head, this is such a, a well-known. Oh yeah, chip. Jesus Christ! Yeah, there we go. I need the vocal. Yeah, there you go. Do you remember the name of the song? Um, um, no, it's not Linger. No. It's um, no, it's not Linger. What's it called? It's called um. Ah, oh, fuck. No, tell me. No, dreams. Dreams. It's dreams. There you go. Cranberry's dreams. dreams. Yep. There you go. Can you no on that one? Uh, yeah, but we're gonna have to do that full album in. Cool. Oh, I don't know, four or five About episodes Christmas. time. Yeah, well, indeed, <laughs> next year. Autecker uh, released the Bass Cadet EP. Yeah, got number fifty-six. Never really, um, never really listened to that much. Autecker. No. I, I've heard a bit because Alan used to play it a lot. Well, well yeah, he would. Uh, Tricky released Ponderosa. Oh, what a shame! Uh, actually, I was going to see if you would get that. You probably would have got Tricky. I'd have got Tricky. Ponderosa. The song titles on that. Same I, with me, man. But they're like, yeah. is it that one? Is it that one? But yeah, what? I'd have been like, it's the first track on the Tricky album. Right. This is wonderful. Yeah, this I song. love this. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. This vocal one. weeping wine. Oh, the fucking great man. So good. Yeah. Now, Max and Kay, I still think, one of those genuinely jaw-dropping albums. Our pal Lee's good friends with uh, Martin. Is that right? Well, well, well. Nice, nice. Uh, right, so yeah, Ponderosa. Only got to number 77, that single. Oh, the fucking album, man. I don't... Oh, the album, it was... Oh, Breakthrough. God, it's such a good album. It, it was nominated for a Brit, wasn't it? Or no, so. Mercury. Max and Kay, wasn't it? A, yeah. a not Mercury nominated? Yeah, I think the album did a lot better. That, But yeah, that single only got to 77. Uh, number, and another one only got to number 78 was Whiteout. Uh, they released The Star Club. And I think I said before, they were one of those ones that was kind of signed to creation with big dreams, and then Oasis came. Yeah, and right. oh, creation sorry. stopped concentrating on anything yeah, else. We, we, we don't, we don't need any of you anymore. We've, we've got this Certainly now. It's, it's, exactly. It's, it's this band that just. Produ- it, it, it's really weird because they, they they write these songs and then 
Don't they just prints cash? <laughs> oh, yeah, just, yeah. All this money arrives. It's a mysterious machine. Can you do that? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, Wait fuck off then. No. Uh, right, this one, uh, you, I suspect you didn't like them at the time, and you won't know the name of the song, but you might be able to guess the the artist whenever he starts singing and maybe he's least uh, that's familiar this only got to number 86 but it was sort of a big enemy melody maker tune and I, I enjoyed this band first album anyway it's like fucking Buffalo Tom or something it's it sounds like, but no the UK I'm not going to get this. I mean, it, it was always... It, they were always said, oh, they just want to be the Smiths. Right. Gene. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I that's know for that. the dead. But yeah, that's like my, my, uh, my, my only thing of, uh, of Gene that I really remember was uh, Tim, who used to be one of the uber goths at the uh, at Switch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like fucking in a motorbikes and just like great skateboarder, all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like... It was always super cooler than cool. When I remember, he, like Gene, one of his favourite bands, and I was working in HMV one day, and he, uh, he he came back in like really shamefaced, and he went, "Oh, can I get my money back on this, please?" And basically, he thought he'd picked up the new Gene single, and he'd picked up something by Genesis. Oh, ah, <laughs> oh. I thought you were going to say it was like Gene loves Jezebel. No, right? Yeah. Fuck me. Ah. Oh. Bless. You should have gone. No, no. It's Genesis, mate. You enjoy that. Yeah, you, you have a good time. I, I think I, I think I did. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I do like this song. I think it's very good. And I'm surprised it only got to number eighty-eight because there was a lot of hype about that. Mm. But you know, that doesn't necessarily sell records. Uh, only a few more. Levelers released the Julie EP, um, which was one of the ones that kind of passed me by. Got number seventeen, though. Yeah. Uh, Mary J. Blige released My Love. Did she? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's what love. happened to it. <laughs> oh, mate. Where oh. was she keeping it? <laughs> Basement. <laughs> it's not very big. You don't need yeah. that space. Uh, the <laughs> Sheep on Drugs released Let the Good Times Rule. Okay. I think that was their follow-up to uh, 50 Minutes of Fame. Right. And by this point, everyone had forgotten about they, Sheep on they, Drugs. They'd made their point. Well, it, it, is like, it was like nascent Britpop and Sheep on Drugs were never going to fit in there. Nah, I mean, I, I, I remember, you know, you used to get a Jesus Christ, hold on tight, Jesus mm. Christ, hold on a motorbike. Yeah. You used to get that at the club every week sure. for a few years. For, yeah, but not, I guess not in, you know, nah. May 1994. Nah. Now, will you get that time? Every time I say, will you get this? And you always guess it wrong about who it is. Uh, only got the number 55. I think you always go, I was going to say that as well. Oh, yeah, well, that's probably what I'm going to do now, isn't uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> Take a look into some big grey eyes and ask yourself. I don't know what this is. It's called Big Gay Heart. Does that help? Uh, big Gay Heart, yeah, that rings a bell. Uh-huh. Big Gay Heart by... Which is another fantastic choice for the, uh, the arse game. Is it like fucking Evan... Dando. Yeah, yeah. So it's le- yeah, lemonheads, yeah. lemonheads, yeah. big gay, big gay arse. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, number fifty-five, and the last one I've put in here. This got to number sixty-two, but I'm confident that you're going to get this one. Oh yeah, I mean I know that. It's straight with that. <laughs> this is Mother by Dancing. Mother by Dancing. Mother, mother, mother ninety-three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mother. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Yeah. I named that tune in one motherfucker. Oh, you're looking right. <laughs> 
There he is. Yeah, no, exactly. Also, one of the one of the very, very, very best Beavis and Butthead piss takes. Oh, uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It, it was great that they could, you know, you know, break a song that no one yeah. had ever heard of. If it's on Beavis and Butthead and they give it some oomph, mm-hmm. it, suddenly it's big. Yeah. I really love this song. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, ridiculous. And it's overblown in every way and all that sort of shit. But yeah, it's good fun. All right. Mossack Kings! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Okay, there's your singles. Decent, I think. I think there's some nice yeah, stuff Yeah, some good that. shit in there, man. I mean, there's also, like like I say, far too much shit reggae in the charts. Yeah, but you know, like, you know but Danzig. But Danzig. Yeah. Danzig, tricky. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do the last bits of Park Life, though. <laughs> Track number 12. Yeah. Clover over Dover. A song about suicide. Are oh, we going with Baroque strings, are we? Yeah. That's, what we're, that's where we're at. I mean, this is probably the one of the ones I went, oh, uh, reading the, the things like Damon did that. That's yeah. him on the, the harpsichord. Yeah. That's quite a nice riff. Though, it is. It? it is. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is. I think that this central riff is nice and it works and it's catchy and it's not in your face offensive. It's all quite that stuff. Clever little riff as well. Yeah, definitely. What I don't like, I mean, again, I don't. I, even I'm uh, not enjoying his vocal delivery on this. Yeah. But just for lyrics, and the thing is, it's a song about suicide. It's about um, sitting on on the cliffs, thinking about throwing yourself over, and debating, you know, you know. It, is it worth staying around for this girl and that yeah. sort of business? And so, you know, deep enough lyrics. Or, no, sorry, deep enough concept. But there's a fucking line. I'd like to roll in the clover with you over and over on the white cliffs of Dover and then I'd let you push me over. I mean, twice in verse one and two, he rhymes over with over. Yeah. This is just shit lyrics for me. Really yeah, terrible. Just, oh, rhyming dictionary. I like... I don't think the vocal's the worst vocal on here. I think the lyric's bad. Mm. Um, I think the riff puts it into more palatable yes. territory. Uh, it's a bit incidental, though, because they don't do much else with the riff. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, very much kind of album tracky. Yeah. Not a lot to say. I think the, the stuff to say is mostly negative, and you've said it. Right. Um, do, let's say, do like the riff, like some of the kind of the tones and some of the stuff that Graham Coxon's doing. Mm hmm. Mm. And I could have done without the harpsichord at the start. Okay, yeah, and and, and yeah, that the the, the, the uh, oh that sort of yeah pass. But no, I think this is inoffensive. Yeah, uh, I don't ever need to hear it again. Not me either. No, no. Okay, all right. Well, let's skip to That's track fine. number yeah. thirteen then, mm-hmm. which is Magic America. Yeah. Right. And so again, we're, we're concentrating. We've got a character called Bill Barrett, who's uh, the cipher for whatever mm-hmm. Allborn is trying to say. He likes American stuff. Yes, exactly. He thinks America's cool. He really wants to move there yeah. uh, to get away from England or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, for me, we're largely back in unlistenable territory. As, okay, yeah. yeah. This kind of uh, stoppy, starty riff... Like kind of horrible scratchy guitar and all Barnet is most of the way. And, I, and I, you know this 
isn't America awful shtick. This kind of mm. obviously what they're trying to do is they're trying to talk about the America. You know, oh, don't people think everyone thinks America's fucking so good? Actually, over here it's yeah. Really, why don't you really like good. England? We've got you know shit beaches. And it's like, well, it's not producing this shit, so maybe it's all right. <laughs> do you and know th- what I mean? This is it. You know, I, I do. I think there is a very calculated uh, insincerity mm-hmm. because. I have every fucking uh, imagination that they do enjoy loads of American stuff. Yeah. They they obviously like a lot of American bands, you yeah. know, as we'd see down the line with their albums. They were really into the kind of the lo-fi stuff, the college mm-hmm. rock scene. And so for them to be going, oh, fucking America, yeah, come on, just... Uh, it, it, you think it's so cool because you see it on TV and you mm-hmm. hear the songs on the radio, but you've got everything you need here. It's... Very disingenuous to me. Absolutely. Particularly at the time that America was producing some of the fucking best music mm. in the world. Like, you know, you had, you know, you got a kind of the, the, the grunge scene giving way into that, like you said, that lo-fi college rock mm-hmm. scene, Lots which is that. there. Loads of interesting creativity stuff going there. Hip-hop is in its that just absolute creative explosion, yeah. about to take over the world. Yeah. You know, you got so much good stuff coming out of the States at that at that point. And I, you know, I understand the idea of, oh, you know, I've, you know isn't culture, you know, but again, I find that kind of culture warsy pitting one against the other mm-hmm. just endemic of Choose small side sort of shit. Yeah, I, I, and it, it, it's this thing that I hated all this, all the fucking, all the union jacks and shit like that. I hated, yeah, yeah. I hated that about. Right, I, yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like. Like a nationalist jingoism mm, in sure. any form, no matter how you dress it up, you know. Well, I'll, I'll, make, I'll, I'll make a brief exception for a bit of sporting fun every okay. now and again because you know that can be. But even that taken to an extreme becomes unpleasant. No, of course it does. Yeah, you know, of course. But, but you know, it's. Uh, I I think the the reason they did this, uh, I think there's two reasons they did this. I think one of it is because they were writing an album called Park Life about being English. Mm-hmm. And so it's an easy target. Yeah. You go, oh, well, yeah, it, no, you don't want to go to America, mate. Let's stay here and listen to, you know, Village Preservation Society over and over. Um, but also they did have their the tour that they did for the Leisure album. Yeah. Um, and that when they realized that they had no money, they were broke and they had to do this huge tour um, and hated every minute of it. They, they really fucking... They've talked at length about hating uh, being in America and being homesick and having no money and wanting it to end. And in they got that's where they got the idea for the second album, the Modern Life is Rubbish album, uh, and wanting to be like, oh, no, we're going to be the opposite of, of America because that, that music is in its ascendancy. We are going to go more into the Britishness and concentrate on that. And I get that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. But it was a reaction to being in a shit tour. It wasn't... It shouldn't have been a reaction to, oh, well, we don't like any of this music and we think Americans are pricks. Yeah. You know, I remember being 19 in 1994. I had visited America at this point. Like I say, I had visited my dad in New York and I just was blown away by the experience. It was fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah. And I was watching movies and going, America looks really cool. Yeah. It it just did. Yeah, you're the problem though, man. They just put you right. Well, apparently so. Yeah, right. Sorry, Blur. Anyway, yeah, I, I just hate that. Fuck. I, I hate that kind of jingoistic fuck. Yeah. It's just, you know, I mean, it's Farage in a tracksuit, isn't it? That. Right. Oh, God. Oh, there's an image. Can you imagine? Ugh. Speed Farage. <laughs> Bravo, 
sir. Thank you. Bravo. Lovely. Okay. Uh, there's only a few left. So, right, track number 14. This one's called Jubilee. Jubilee, right. I mean, that's very blur, Britpop blur there. Yeah. You know, uh, this is, you know, we'd hear more like this from them over the next couple of years as well. This is a song like lyrically, it, it thinks it's really clever. It's not that fucking clever. It's bog standard. It's mm. boring, bog standard stomp, shit lyrics, shit vocals, <laughs> waste of time. One star for the special effects key ring. That oh, right. Used to have. Oh. Was it, you remember you one of those? Oh, the, oh, oh, those the, the, the computer buttons, noises, yeah. And he does, he, he, video games, he's pressing yeah. that and then like just stopping it. Right, and that's what he's using. And okay, I'll give you give you one star for that. All right, everything else, fuck yourself. I don't mind this. I think Rubbish. this is all right. I, I mean, this is it's just bog standard indie guitar yeah, you, stuff. So you've got a much higher tolerance for bog standard jangly indie. Oh sure, than I am. yeah, absolutely. I definitely could do with Auburn toning down his delivery on this well, one. I don't. Um, and, and, and this one, I don't even think he's doing the the Cockney stuff too much. He's he's trying to be the sneery John Lydon type. He's trying to do well, that. I think he's fucking somewhere between John Lydon and. Brian Ferry. Oh, you see, that sounds good to me, but I don't like what he's doing here. It's, it's, it's a bit much. I mean, again, I know it's all affectation, but this is a step too far for me, affectation-wise. It's like, fucking hell, mate. Um, but no, I think the song, or the tune itself, I actually quite enjoy it. Rollicks along. Um, and it's all, it's like under three minutes, just bam, 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 it's done. Feel, feels longer, though, doesn't it? I, again, don't mind it. I, I bet you this is another one that Mac would be... Uh, Jizzing oh, his fucking of course his, his belly button about yeah right okay well we've only a couple left so I guess we should move on yes we so should that's, so that's number 14 so right. and this is 15 so this one's called This Is A Low right and realistically this is the last proper song because yeah. the one after it uh, uh, is like listen injury. to this bit yep tell us something about this bit yeah yeah that the no blur fire would want to hear okay all that intro there sounds like a Metallica ballad Ooh, yeah, in Black Album era, yeah. Right, okay. Not anymore, obviously, but like... Never, no, okay. Musically, this is very nice, isn't it? I think this is incredible, this song. I think this is fucking astounding. I think it's the best thing they've ever done. I think it's... I've I've written low slung and affecting. Mm -hmm. I I would hand on heart rather add a different vocal. Really? Oh, you see, I I think this vocal's wonderful in this. Really, really brilliant. Right. I think it's decent enough. Okay. Um, I, I, I do, I do, I do like this song. Right. I okay. Like yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, nice. Uh, there's some really nice little bits of wording that he does. I like not fast enough, dear. Where he changes the pace on it. Uh huh. Uh huh. And this is a fucking incredible chord. Isn't it though? Isn't it just glorious? I mean, this is. Soaring. This is eyes to the sky. This is you know the the, the, the fucking passion in this. I, I can't ima- I can't imagine that their live show gets any better than this. No, I think they very often ended on this yeah. song because yeah, as, as as a huge sing along and everyone, you know, you probably you know, you've done Park Life as your final song before the encore. You come back for the encore and you finish on this. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I think some really nice guitars in this. I think it's I think do think it's a good song. Mm-hmm. I. I, still, I, I prefer I prefer um, the other two tracks that I like on this. Okay, yeah, end of the century. Just because yeah. there's there's just bits of the vocal that pull on me a little bit. Okay, 
Um, but it, Fair it, 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 it is a good song. I'm not. I'm certainly not. Saying I think. I, I think I mean, this is one. I reckon even if every other song had been girls and boys on here, yeah. I would forgive the album for this. But Fair I enough. think this is just amazing. I, I, I would, I'd forgotten how much I liked this. I remember liking it at the time. Yeah. And again, this wasn't uh, a single, but it was played loads. But, you know, everyone was like, "Oh, this! You got to check this song out." Um, and so I'd forgotten how much I liked it, and I've just been caning this one over and over yeah, and yeah, over. Yeah. Oh, wonderful stuff! Now, this is this is a nice song. There are a lot of references to the shipping forecast, which is kind of where it's based yeah. on. There's a lot of um, mentions of places around England. Uh, or around Britain um, and so the line this is a low but it won't hurt you is that lovely double meaning of okay it can be a low pressure thing it can be a weather thing or it can be alright look this is you're going through Emotional, a shit time yeah. but it'll, you'll get through it I think that's really nice yeah. and this this guitar this solo I think is is perfect you know again they're letting Graham Coxon do something a bit more interesting and this really scuzziness of it, but it's still heart-wrenching for me and I think it's really interesting what they're doing they've almost got it's, it's almost got like it's kind of like kind of post-rock feel mm-hmm. in the drums because mm-hmm. it's you know because most of the way through this record Dave Roundtree is doing this boom, oh mate boom, he's not being challenged boom. at all yeah. and here's like some nice he's got some space and yeah. some nice feels absolutely you know, this is uh, uh, this song breathes the, the, exactly there is space in this the whole thing is, is expansive again there's a there's an authenticity to it right that where you go like, like when he's singing that, mm-hmm. he sounds like he means it rather than he wants you to think something. Okay, yeah, right, sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this is from the heart. Oh, I, I, I do think so. Um, weirdly, um, I'm re- reading around this one, he hadn't written the lyrics till like the day before. They had the song, uh, the tune, and he couldn't uh, work out what he needed to do. And he got uh, inspiration because... It, um, one of the other band members had bought him a tea tile of the shipping forecast in all the areas and he just fucking went oh this will do this this works and he yeah. made stuff like that and so in a day he made this song uh, or made the, 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 the words for it and I think that's incredible because this is one of the most touching ones on here I think this is most affecting and it was like he'd done last minute in, in you know, running out of time. Yeah, I think, you know, with music, that can often be the case. You tap into something and it comes out right. fully formed. Yeah, know? well, I think this is it's fully formed. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Five no, minutes long, and again, I could listen to this four times over. Yeah, this is a great song. Absolutely right. wonderful. Love it. Um, and like I say, I, that is realistically the last song on the album. Yeah. It's track 15 of 16. So, yeah, lot 16 is lot 105, which is what we will describe as a hilarious outro, which I will give a... Uh, just a, just a, a no words, one thumbs down answer. Yeah, no, this uh, is bullshit. Yeah, I, absolute bullshit. Why? Why would you spoil the album like this? Yeah, well, you know, if you have managed to finish on this is a low, why would you do this? Yeah, I, 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 I've no idea. It's, it's, no. A, it's a terrible idea. But you know, I, again, I'm not really the best placed person to, uh, to comment on badly conceived. N- no, uh, but look. I don't get it though. Don't so should we? It. There's a lot of stuff on Twitter. Yes, right. Lots of stuff on Twitter. There's obviously people, you know, remember this one particularly well. Um, right. No, okay. So look, was first of all we got Valky at Chelsea. Hey, Valky. Valky. Hello, mate. Um, agree with 95 percent of your reviews, but hatred of Blur is over the top. Well, I can only call him as I see him. I've, I, I, my reasons for hating Blur, I think, are. And I don't hate Blur. I have a problem with Damon Albarn. Right. And 
it's and I hope I've made it kind of clear why it's not just a knee jerk thing. It's not just a knee jerk thing. It's got some. It's got some weight to it. Um, and it's also possible. I mean, uh, Valky's handle is Chelsea Valky, so it's entirely possible that he's got some, you know, skin in the game because they're all he was Chelsea fan as well. Yeah. And so perhaps there's a, a kinship there that he feels with. Well, maybe. With well, I mean, look, I, mean, you I, don't. You know, I mean, if we're doing the numbers, mm-hmm. I'm in the wrong, aren't I? Yeah, there. But I st- I stand by my thing consistently. Okay. So who we got next? Uh, so then we've got uh, Stephen Hill, True Cult Pop. Uh, he said he, he said lots, frankly. Um, yes, he did unquestionably one of the most important albums released in my lifetime in regards and shaping my musical identity. Before this, most of the music I liked felt like it belonged to someone else from a different era, a different geographical place. Blur seemed to tap it into me, into my friends, into the Britain that we were living in there and then. It was unbelievably exciting. Without it, I'm not sure I'd have grown such a thirst and passion for exploring new music. I'm still always looking for the same sort of hit that Park Life gave me when I was upstairs playing darts with my mates in my bedroom, illegally drinking bottles of Foster's Ice before going to the local disco and shouting Tracy Jacks at the top of my lungs. Does it sound up today? I think so, but I'm well biased. If Dave slags off, this is a low, he's dead to me. Right. Yeah. So now this is interesting because I've said to Stephen before, like, uh, there are very, very few people that I've ever met that I've shared more in common with than Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, he, he, some of the like the more kind of niche and obscure bands that you're into, yeah. he's right there with you. I tend to share a lot of appeal, but I, I, we could not be further apart on this. Mate, you, uh, we whenever we did, whenever he was apart. on this. Uh, podcast for Shakademus and Pliers. Yeah. The two of you were fucking in sync with that. I was going, no, this is awful. Yeah, and yeah. you were, you, both of you were like, it is, but it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah, but no, not this time. Yeah, no, not this time, man. Sorry, Stephen, man. I don't, I, I don't get it. But, but one thing I think that we will agree on that you've said is just how important an album it was. It's, this is a fucking massive album. Sure. It's important in terms of pop culture, like we've said. It's important in terms just for so many people of. My generation, mm-hmm. it was a turning point. I mean, Stephen's younger than us, so yeah, he was yeah. getting into this. You know, he must have been like ten or something. No, nah, he's not that much younger than us. He's only three no, no, no. years. Yeah, but this was, this came out when I was nineteen. Yeah, when it came, well, yeah, when it came out when I was eighteen. Yeah, uh, well, whatever age he was getting into it as you know, an early teenager, mm-hmm. and I bet. If you were, yeah, there you go. If you were 13, 14 when this came out, it probably would blow your mind. Yeah, yeah who knows? I may have liked it. I mean, I was a twat when I was younger, so it's possible. No, you never know. Anyway, look, so next, Zero's podcast. Uh, hello, Niall. Niall. Uh, if you want to picture the future, imagine a plate of jelly deals being pushed into a human ear forever by some posh Oxford cunt dressed like a pearly king. <laughs> I like I, you, Niall. I think Niall's on your side with yeah. the Damon stuff, by the way. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I like you, Niall. Um, sarcastic but fantastic. Uh, it said, I have no memories from when it came out. I was barely alive then, sorry. But since then, I've heard it on quite a few occasions and can honestly say it's chock full of top tunes and classic Britpop anthems. You might disagree, though, can't wait to find out. Now, again, I think we would both fully admit that it is chock full of big pop tunes and Britpop yeah. anthems. Absolutely. Whether or not I enjoy all of those things is a different case. But, no, mate, it, this is this is an album full of hits, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Martin Young, it's a weird album to assess now. Interesting to see if you can look beyond the kind of caricature persona it has. Because there are lots of very clever songwriting, incredible hooks. Uh, so, uh, really tender moments in here. Uh, the sound of a band catching a zeitgeist and running with it. Hmm? Y- yes, I guess so. Well, um, I don't know. I would say that... I don't know if they captured the zeitgeist. I think I they think... pulled 
the zeitgeist over with them. I th- exactly. I think that what they did became the zeitgeist. That's exactly what. That's how yeah. I feel. And that's, and yeah. and for me, it's always been it's always been pulling the wool over someone's eyes. Okay. This thing. Uh, I think they were a bit ahead of the game, and everyone went, "Oh, this this is what I want." And then then obviously there was just so many lower level indie bands who were like, oh, oh, we need to write stuff like Blurred and didn't yeah. do it. But I don't think they tapped into... Well, I suppose, I mean, we did have Sweden Pulp, like we say. There was something going on there. But I'm not sure if they were like, this. oh, this is what's going to be big. Let's do this. Uh, but also, I do think that the, what he said about the really tender moments in here, every song that I like most on this album is a slower one. Oh, yeah, that's Every it. single one. There's, there's three songs that I like on uh-huh. that on that album at all. Yeah. Really. And I, I'd say I, I really like all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like them despite myself as but, well, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. which kind of means they are really good. Cause, sure. Because I'm being forced to go through past my own kind of cognitive dissonance, yeah. my own bias. But they're, um, they're the slower ones. I'm well aware there's, there's talent in there and he has got talent as a songwriter. I just... Mm-hmm. Is that and a bunch of other shit that he said, like the shit he said to Mike Scott. I, I can't be bothered to delve mm. into all of it because we've got to do another run of these albums and I've got I to know. keep it going. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it is what it is, man. Anyway, so next we have... Uh, we've got Jo Sullivan. Uh, she says, Ah, this is difficult for me. As a dance music lover, I was anti-US grunge and felt disdain for all of the grubby sweater navel-gazing self-pity of the early 90s. Park life tapped into something British and jaunty. Now I listen back and cringe at the mockney vocal stylings. Which is the right thing to do. Fair enough. Tracy Jacks is my favourite. I also remember bunking off and getting pissed on Mad Dog 2020 listening to it. And that, frankly, is talking my language. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. But no, it is. It's very British and very jaunty. And neither of those things are intrinsically good. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be. Not a problem with either of those things, but by themselves, they don't determine, oh, that must be good because there are those things. I, I'm inter- I'm interested to the thing of uh, liking dance music, so having to dislike the kind of navel-gazing music. I'm mm-hmm. interested in, in that because I'm, I'm not sure that's... Because I liked both dance music and... Oh, sure, but I, I, I also definitely would have known a lot of people who were into dance music and the the very very big drug culture that went with it that would have had no time whatsoever for any guitar stuff. Mm, I, I definitely was you know uh, friends with people at university who were just into all right. Have you heard this new? Mm. Not not I mean, prodigy is not the one because that's, that would cross over. But yeah. it's like all they were doing is going out raving, yeah, listening to uh, ridiculously fucking bad, bad hard man, beats, bad, bad man rhythms. Exactly. And if I was like, oh, have you heard this Screaming Trees record? They'd be like, fuck yourself. Yeah. Right, so um, B Dramaturgy, Burnham. This album is as bad as I imagined. <laughs> PCL is the best way to listen to bad albums. Oh, Big up. Well, there we a, go. you got a lifetime pass to <laughs> listen. Yeah, we're, yeah. Do, we're doing the, the world of service. I, I suppose if you have to listen to it, if, if it's a bad album and you have to listen to it, you might as well listen to us suffering as well, if it's that bad. you know, if I can't imagine anybody would have gone, oh, I'm going to listen to Alita Adams just to see what it's like. But if you came on the journey with us, then hopefully it, you know, ameliorated some of the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rice, uh, the real Ricey, has said, it's one of my favourite albums of all time. Suddenly British music was exciting again. Uh, for, uh, for, for which I can only apologise. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope you haven't held this episode too badly against yeah. us. Now, the thing is, uh, I would agree that this heralded and was a very distinct point where... 
music got very, very exciting, and people were very excited about music again. For a few years after this, um, obviously, you know, people like you, you and me would have been as excited about Nirvana in 91, yeah. you know? Um, but if it was the sort of thing that you were coming in as a very fresh-faced person, this was the kind of thing that suddenly got you into music, I can only imagine the joy of the next couple of years for those people. Sure. So, fair play. Right, we've got uh, Ollie Woodstock. Been there, done that, bought the Jurex logo t-shirt. Oh, Loved yeah, yeah. the album and the Glastow 94 show. Have I listened to it since about 95? Not that I can recall. I suspect parts of it haven't aged that well and they've released better albums since. Not the Great Escape. Not the Great Escape. Uh, oh, I think the Great Escape is one we're going to have to do, though, isn't it? I think it got to is that the, That's the country house one. That's the country it? house, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no, for, again, Ollie, it, I, I imagine if you were there for Glass 94, I bet you were having the best time of your life. You know, if you went and saw Blur, loving Blur, I bet you had some fun that night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, request the 90s podcast uh, said well it's done wonders for the career of Phil Daniels and we can debate whether that's a good thing <laughs> but it, I mean, until it really we come to the did. answer no it, so, so many people wouldn't even have known who the fuck Phil Daniels was so many you know 18 year olds or whatever in 1984 they wouldn't have given a shit uh, but suddenly oh he's cool who's this guy but as a Brighton resident it might be slightly less graffiti on the, uh, on the, on the, on on the, the walls. walls indeed yeah. uh, Request the 90s also later said I would also like to draw your attention to Blurred by Piano Man which samples Girls Boys and it does it samples the Pet Shop Boys remix I think of right. Girls and Boys and I remember that coming out I had it on 12 inch because I was DJing in these sort of studenty clubs that was mm-hmm. playing all the, the shit chart dance and it's just awful okay. it's awful but uh, yeah, it was it was a decent sized hit because yeah, it was fucking catchy. Mr. John McCormack. Yes, John. Yes, John. Our friend John McCormack uh, uh, featured in the Guardian this week I for know. his new computer game. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to seeing if Dave can get through it. I seem to remember him shouting "All Barn" running over and switching the music off at my fortieth because a blur track got on the Spotify mix. Haven't seen a reaction like that since my mum heard NWA and got the holy water out. Wonderful. Yeah. And things I don't disbelieve that story. I, I I've heard so many stories about John and his family yeah. that I genuinely believe. That his mother would have got holy holy water out, having heard NWA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Sean O'Toole, our our mate Sean, he says I like the first two Blur albums, but by the time this came out, Cool Britannia was cranking up, and I was done. Pretty sure I've only heard the singles, no albums listens at all. I also cannot wait to hear Dave going full Hulk after listening to a Blur album loads of times. So yes, our friends definitely know what was going to be happening. Well, I hope I hope you got what you wanted out of it, Sean. Yeah, and my misery made you fucking happy. Yeah. Uh, Gaz, hello Gaz man uh, I enjoy a lot of the material from Parklight particularly this is a uh, low and to the end I like both of those yeah. uh, Damon and Alex both seem like cunts so oh, um, <laughs> that's pretty much come on. that's really uh, tapping into your mindset there Dave that's literally yes that's where I'm at man <laughs> we've got another Gaz next yeah Gaz Jones uh, uh, also from the True Cop Pop podcast 1994 the year I developed a taste for alcohol fags and failing exams also the year I played this album along with Trouble Gum every day he always just has to get the therapy in there Oh, fucking uh, needs all the, therapy. All the while exploding with angst while living in a dreary East Anglian town. The Britpop delights have finally got started. Oh, Gaz, mate. Yeah. This is, I'm, 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 you, I'm glad you love it. Oh, no, totally. And you're right. The, you know, this is going to be uh, the start of so many albums, I reckon, that you were into that we, we're going to be talking about now. Cliff, uh, a.k.a. Smogo, he said, I only listened to it for the first time last month. I've always liked the singles, but I was surprised by how many of the album tracks instantly grabbed me. It's really good, Dave. Uh, but brackets, 
Damon's Mockney wine can definitely grate at times, though. Well, look, Cliff, man, I, I mean, you know, you're entitled to your opinions, and you have many of them. Oh, um, many of them about the Venga Boys. Yeah, but look, man, Venga Boys. Venga Boys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're fundamentally wrong on this one. <laughs> Uh, Walker Tate hello Walker hey, how Walker. are you man uh, it's amazing uh, that for being a capital I important indie band Blur is such a non-entity in the States except for the catchy song number two Auburn's weird cartoon novelty act far outshines them here I have uh, never listened to this album but probably should just for education oh, mate, I wouldn't bother well, well he comes back there's, oh, a, there's oh, an update. We've got a, oh, we have. Update. I listened to it. Hard agree with Dave. Can't help think uh, these songs would be better with a vocalist who can sing because these are well-constructed <laughs> pop songs. Otherwise, uh, also remember the uh, 90s rivalry between o- Oasis and Blur. To my earlier point, in the, o- in the US, Oasis mopped the floor with Blur. You only heard about Blur in relation to Oasis until Song 2 started appearing in commercials. However, unlike Liam Gallagher, uh, Damon Albarn never got smacked in the head by Van Connor's bass. So there's points there. <laughs> yeah, and I was reading a bit about that um van connor from screaming trees uh yeah the screaming trees supported oasis yeah. in the states at some point because oasis were fucking huge uh and apparently they hated each other oh yeah yeah you know yeah. there's loads of stuff in mark lanagan's but yeah, yeah he really wanted to fight liam <laughs> Gallagher and like liam Gallagher like literally taunted him with massive bouncers right because uh, Mark Lanigan could fucking throw hands. Oh, I reckon. I wouldn't want to be on the receiving Mark, end of that. Mark Lanigan was a fighter. Yeah. And a heroin addict. Uh, exactly. And, and yeah, yeah, nothing you, to lose, like, frankly. I, dude, I would have loved it if he'd have beat the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, right, thank you, Walker, for that. Thank you Cheers, for checking Walker. it out and, uh, you know, you know, doing your d- due diligence. Uh, David Burgess, he said, came out in my final year at Leeds University and first Blur album I bought. Loved the singles at the time and the whole album was full of great songs. Girls and Boys was a huge tune in indie clubs, not what Dave wants to hear, sorry. Uh, you're, not te- you're not telling me anything, I no, don't. No, uh, but I you're right. Know, got, you know, Fucking massive in well, I would always rather like something the, than, uh, than not like something. Yeah, but no, it, it was. It was It was just huge. Yeah. But yeah. There, look, thank you so much to everyone who got in contact. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. really good... Uh, a chunk of feedback there. Absolutely. So, look, I mean, in wh- wh- what are you saying? This, this album right. as a whole, in summary, what are you saying? In summary, I was kind of nervous going into it because I was like, I'm going to hate this, and then it's just going to be an absolute kicking from both of us. Mm. And I thought, I didn't want to do that, If it, but if that's what happened, it's happened. And so I, I went into it and came out the other side going, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. The ones I knew I disliked, I still kind of disliked. Yeah. Um, I have mellowed on Park Life itself. I still fucking hate Girls and Boys. Yeah. I've mellowed on Park Life. Um, but there were other ones in there that I don't remember at all that I thought were okay. Sure. And the ones I remember liking, I still like. So I came out going, well, thank God. Yeah. That could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I as an album, I think it's bad. Mm-hmm. The reaction I have to the stuff I don't like is so visceral mm-hmm. that it kind of subverts the other so however you know on a 16 track album there's three tracks on it that i do go actually you know these are right these, the, 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 i can't argue with these songs. and you say 16 track three of them are shit interludes well so, that is true so well, yeah, yeah 13 track album there's three of them that you're okay with yeah which is you know it's, that's not bad that's we've like, had much of, worse we have had much worse yeah. i haven't disliked anything quite as much as some of the songs on here right uh, hasn't changed my opinion in general um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know here we are We're- okay well you got through it and I'm impressed that yeah you, you did you managed to force yourself to listen to it the, like if you know me at all the fact that I did this mm-hmm. for no money <laughs> yeah, for just work <laughs> 
if, if, if you listen to this podcast and you've ever had any doubt that I fucking care about this, yeah. there you go. That's yeah. it. Because I really did not want to listen to that record five times. No. Okay. Anyway, right, so guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, uh, we're, we're, we've got to put some songs on oh, the fuck, playlist. We've got to do some songs on the playlist, yeah. So, question one, how many songs are we doing? Oh, man. Because you're saying there are three that you're okay with. Yeah. Would you want to put all three on? No. Or is that too far? I, I, that's, this is not a three. Or is it just a one? Okay. Mm-hmm. So... For me, it can't be a three. We only had for me. We only had three songs from a fucking great record. Mm-hmm. If a, a record was terrible, but it had three of the best songs I've ever heard, mm-hmm. and we got to this point, I wouldn't want to add all three of those songs because it's dis- misrepresented. Mis- misrepresents okay. the album. Uh-huh. That's my okay. personal feel. We've no, we, we have no actual hard and fast rules about. No, it. No, we no, never no. discussed it. We're putting it down, but that's my interpretation. Okay. F- for me personally. This would probably be a one-song album. Okay. Right? But you like it a lot more than me. Uh-huh. So I would probably make the case for definitely one. Pos- obviously, we have to have definitely one. Yeah. But I could concede two. I think this is definitely at least a two. Okay. I think I think uh, there are enough re- just really good songs that we can put two really good songs on the playlist. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and I'm fine with it. Okay. Let's see if we agree on the two. I think I would go um, end of the century. This is a low. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm fine. I think those are the two. Yeah. My third one would then be to the end. But, yeah. I don't, yeah. And that's what. That, my, but yeah. My, my personal two favourites mm-hmm. would be end of the century uh, and to the end. But you love. This. I think this is. I think yeah, the, 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 hands the amount that you love. This is a low. Right. Versus. The difference between those two songs for me. I see. That's swung it. it. That's, so that's where okay. That's yeah. No. In that case, we'll do two. We'll do those two. Perfect. We'll stick those onto our ongoing playlist, which is uh, songs from every single album that we've had to do. That was yeah. We should one. link that up on social media. Oh, we always do. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We'll do well, that. Actually, we should re- retweet or re- re-exit or whatever. Re-ex. Exit. X going to give it to when you, you. When you when you say exit, it's such a f- fucking stupid fucking thing. Bullshit. Man. Absolute bullshit. What a cunt that like is. Anyway, um, guys, right. thank you for joining us. We will be back with our special one, Spectre. Yeah. Check that shit out. And then what we got after that? After that, then we have Erasure. Ah, yes. Erasure, Erasure, which I constantly get um, pulled up on the way I pronounce it. Yes, you do. Because I put a U in it. Yeah, Eurasia. Eurasia. Yeah, exactly. No, uh, we've got Erasure's I Say, I Say, I Say in uh, two episodes' time, but we'll do a a special on Censor because that's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is. If you if you don't know the Sensor album, by do, the way, do give it a listen, man. Honestly, Stacked mate. up. Eject the Fucking... program, reject the style. Yeah, it's great. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, take it easy. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We are on Twitter, at PCL Podcast. On Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.